Oh, love them throwbacks, huh? Them throwback classics. You know about that right there. Oh, that's that one. Gonna put on for their city today with these blueprints. That's what I want to know. Who putting on for their city this morning? Let me see it in the chat. Hey, I'm putting on for the city. Oh, you putting on for H Town this morning? I'm putting what? on for the city. You did. H Town. Yeah, man. What you know about that, man? Uh oh, got Jay Z in the building. Make sure y'all share the room, man. Share the room. G-Mix I don't need no T-Pain I got this one Yes I put Marcy on the map I put Brooklyn on my back I put Fat back on the charts I put Biggie in my rap I put Nas with Def Jam I let DD do my tracks I put on for my city as a motherfucker I put Mike Jack on stage at Summer Jam, Billy Jean. I put Prodigy in his place on that Summer Jam screen. I put Bream in my truck, told him leave them streets alone. I predicted, yeah, what happens? I try to put them on. All these groups taking credit for the work that I put in. If you really put me on, put your cell phone in. I put mouse on that hoopty. I put hours in that kitchen, put that on my tip. Mama, this is fact, not fiction. That's what's trying to build the case. I I know the Ash is gonna feel this right here. So when I'm dead and gone, I got one last wish. Put my Yankee hat on. I put on for my city. On, on for my city. That thing's still here, huh? Yeah, man, that's that John right there, boy. <laughs> you was feeling that's that one <laughs> right there, boy. Well, that thing hit hard still to this day. 
That came out in 2008. That came out yeah, with the man. other recession. Damn. Yeah, the other recession. That was a whole nother. Yeah, he was talking about that recession yeah, too. Yeah, huh? man. He was talking crazy, man. You know, he had that president too. He had this joint. I know you remember that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a classic, man. Yeah, he, had, he, he dropped some heat that year. Yeah, man. He had that. He had that everything. You remember that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. You know that Jeezy. Yeah, you know Jeezy. Jeezy had that, that heat back then, boy. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I remember all that. Remember all that, man. Yeah. That boy had some hits back then, boy. Sir, I feel two things about that put on. Don't you hate when somebody say they put you on and they get you, they ain't give you nothing. You know what I'm they talking ain't about? Nothing, nothing. But then they got the people they, that really put you on. You can respect that. You know? Yeah, yeah, and they don't even say nothing about yeah, it. They don't even say nothing. Yeah, it just it be the ones that you know they be lying, telling people, yeah, I put them on, I helped them out. Ain't do not real one real estate deal. Not a damn thing. I hate them. What's going on yeah. this morning, though, man? We got some people in the building, man. We got Nivea, Ice, Crystal, Mina, Marina, Miss, I think it's Miss Super Nerd, Madison, Tenji, Rachel, Los, Victor, Victoria. What's going on? What's going on? Good morning. Grand rising, y'all. Grand rising. What's up, man? man how, how that, how that, how that, uh, how that, how that, how that, that strong vid situation working out, man? <laughs> hey, man. God got it, bro. I'm straight. Where you, where you at right now? Los, you, back in Chicago? you okay today? You okay? Man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably 95%. I, uh, I'm about to take a test. I, I know it's gone now, though, but I'm, I'm going to take a test today. I'm, I'm sure it's gone. I, I don't have no fevers. I don't have no nothing. My nose ain't running. I ain't been coughing. I, I ain't slept 13 hours no more. Like, I'm back. This your second time hitting, getting COVID? I know uh, your nah, wife got nah, it before, huh? No, nah, no. Nah, me. That, that, that shit that skipped over me. <laughs> Man, I know you. Uh, you know you all about the natural things. What's a few things people could take put in their body, man, if they catch that COVID? No, man, this is exactly what I did, man. Tell us I the took, sauce, man. Tell us the sauce. I took fresh ginger root, fresh or, or fresh organic ginger root, fresh organic turmeric. I took um, organic astragalus, and and I boiled that. Um, I boiled it, and then let it sit for twenty minutes, and then I reheated it. And then I made a, a, a my own tea bag. I, 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 see, I buy herbs in bulk, y'all. So I, I bought, I got mullein leaf here. Mullein leaf, um, it, it, it attacks the lungs. It, 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 it gets tar and mucus, and uh, and it's an antibacterial for the lung. So anybody got you know bronchitis, asthma, anything like that, it's gonna help. It's gonna help that. Um, so I made the tea bag with that in it. Poured that um, that other tea that I made on top of that, and then I, I did that three times a day. And um, shit, here we are. I'm back. Hey man, appreciate your shit. No vaccinations, man. no, no popping, no pills, no, none no, of that. no, none of that. Byron, you you got over years or what? Yeah, man, I walked that junk. I ain't gonna lie about it. You know what I mean? I uh, you know, I don't know. COVID ain't never really just hit me real, real strong. Um, I, you know, it's annoying. It's annoying, but you know, it's it's, it's it, you know, I, I done had some flus worse. Worse, I ain't gonna lie. I know Dallas. Yeah, I, I, I had too. COVID twenty. That motherfucker from Africa was different. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that African COVID is different, huh? Yeah, that, that motherfucker came out with a spear, boy. That motherfucker COVID hit me in the neck, like yeah. What was the worst thing to happen? 
Um, man, it, it, for me, you know, I know, you know, luckily I got a pretty high immune system based on, on my lifestyle, man. So for me, it was, it was just more, more fatigue, man. I never in my life, man, even in jail, I ain't never slept no 13 hours, bro. That's like loser shit. How you sleep 13 hours? Damn. <laughs> Lord, I got to send my time. kids to get dressed when y'all talking. My <laughs> 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 bad, kids. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm that person like, hey, you can't call me on speakerphone, boy. Ain't no telling what I'm going to say. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Lope. Don't call him. Yeah, you like, one of the ones. One of the, some people you just can't call on speaker. You know they're going to yeah, hear something. Like, man. I'm one of those. I'm definitely yeah, one but of those. don't put that phone up to your ear, man, and have that conversation, man. Straight up. Man, what's going on? Good morning, everybody. We're talking about uh, your next seven-figure blueprint, man. I'm O'Neill Parker, real estate investor, entrepreneur. Um... No, replaced six figure job at the age twenty seven. Now just building businesses that's vertically integrated with real estate and then some other things. Enjoying life. Also started raising money. I give double digit returns in ninety to one hundred twenty days. So if you're interested in that, make sure you shoot me a DM. Uh, also educate as well. Teach people all the things I do in real estate to get you to the next level. You can start wherever yet. Um, you know you don't have to have all the money in the world. You don't really have to have too much money as long as you got some hustle. You can get in the business. But um, that's me. Going on, Byron. Yeah, man. Uh, Byron, real estate investor out of Houston, Texas, primarily focused on the wholesale space. Also, do a little bit of creative finance, fix and flip, new construction. Um, you know, uh, getting into the build to rent space. Um, excited about that. And uh, yeah, man. You know, it's funny. We was at the office yesterday, man. Um, you know, finishing up deal after deal, man. We buying land, pretty much. <laughs> Everywhere, man. Listen, man. This, you know when them sticks go up, man. I'm a, it's gonna be an exciting moment, man. It's gonna be triumphant. So, so I'm, I'm just, you know, just excited about that that whole process, man. That's what you was listening to this morning when you got on, man. You know, I was listening. Actually, I was listening to some uh some stuff. Uh, Ron Pineda and uh, this this chick named Vanessa. I don't know her name. I don't know her last name. But anyway, she do some stuff about social media stuff like that. But prior to that, yeah, I'm always listening to something in the bill to rent. I was listening to some bigger po- uh, bigger pockets. Uh, they saying, man, that the uh, the the multifamily market is starting to cool down a little bit. Oh, cool down at you know the that, price. That, yeah, I think I think that market is is slowing down. Um, and I'm speculating, so take this with a grain of salt. But I I think, man, that 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 I think the market in that multifamily world got so hot, right? That that it probably uh, it spurred the build to rent market, right? And People I think pay man, attention to that build to rent. They was more focused on that multifamily and probably more yeah, they was yeah because I mean it, it's the barrier to entry is lower. Everybody can't build, you know what I'm saying? So I think right. I think that as a result of it being so hot and it being the barrier to entry to get into the multifamily space in terms of finding good deals got so hot that well people just building their own shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's forcing entrepreneurs to think, you know, a little bit more outside the box. And I think that if if that trend continues, I think that multifamily market is gonna take a massive hit, bro. I re- I think it's gonna kind of be like um similar to how the hotels got hit when Airbnb just started jumping, jumping. Um so so I don't know, man. I'm I'm interested to kind of see what uh what what kind of takes place, man? You know, I, you know. Tomorrow we're gonna be talking about that Airbnb, man. Dying. Yeah, that's hot right t- now. That's hot. Man, what you think about that Lowe's, man? Yeah, you know what man. I'm saying? I mean, you know, we gonna we gonna. Hey, yeah, it's they, gonna be. I ain't gonna lie. It's gonna be controversial tomorrow. Attacking that Airbnb, city to city, state to state. What's your thoughts? Yeah. On that? 
Uh, that's that's gonna be interesting. You know what I'm saying? You know, you, you got a lot of people who who push these um these arbitrage methods and have people going and sign all these leases and and do all this stuff, man. Hey, they yeah, it's gonna be in trouble. It's a lot of litigation going on. It's 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 a lot of ordinances being passed and, and things like that. And, and and a lot of y'all favorite gurus ain't never dealt with that shit. You know what I'm saying? So they don't even know how to help y'all navigate through this stuff, man. So. Um, you know, I, I would say y'all need to learn. Get, and, and if y'all not a, a, attending y'all, y'all, um, the city meetings and things like that, man, you're doing yourself and your business a disservice, man. Y'all, y'all need to know what the city is planning. Y'all just around here lackadaisical, just, oh, 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 my arbitrage this because Airbnb is this. Um, now what? You know what I'm saying? A lot, a lot of people ain't, ain't playing for that. So, so, so Lowe's, do you think that the, you think that, that the owning your own spot is going to be the, the play for Airbnb or do you think that arbitrage is going to stick around? Man, yeah, yeah, you know, that's been the play, you know, that that's, that's my particular method of choice. Um, and, you know, I, I've been telling people this shit forever, you know, and I, I know Jay Massey get on here and that motherfucker talk like an encyclopedia of short term rentals, man, but that motherfucker can't help you with them laws. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what he say. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all got y'all got to understand that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting, man. You know, that's why I say education, man. Y'all can't just go back and take a person's word and be like, hey, he said this. So I'm going to just go jump head, 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 head first. Man, you got to educate yourself, man. You, you got, y'all got to put some layers of, of education in, in, in y'all particular brain on, on whatever particular method of investing that you're doing. But that, that Airbnb space where, where you relying on a third party to book your place, see, that, that's scary if you ask me. You know, I, I witnessed it firsthand. So that's that's why I ain't been affected by none of that shit. Not, not none of it. So, you know, no, it's no, ugly. No, no. I like that road to go to. Like, you all can go all day with this shit. topic. We're going to get ready to you know get that. started with today's session. But before we do, gonna honor the queen. She has a question, Miss Super Nerd. Yeah, so I have a question because I'm in Canada, so the rules of engagement are slightly different. Um, y'all can't subscribe to like city ordinance uh like newsletters in the u.s do you guys not have that um because i live outside of toronto um but you can subscribe to basically like uh like bullet notifications from the city here for any zoning changes any ordinance changes um any like law implementations changes in property tax you don't actually have to go to the meeting because legally the like the the sitting government has to disclose not only with a public meeting, but also in writing to those who subscribe. So I'm just curious in the U.S. if that's an option, because some people may be interested in getting into the space, may not necessarily be able to commute. Going back to the conversation yesterday about starting with a low income. So you may be at work when the ordinance meetings are happening. So I'm just curious for other people. Are there options like newsletter bulletins about yeah. biological? Yeah, they, they had it. Yeah, it just depends on what city you're in, what state you're in, but the, it's important the, that you get familiar with the people that's in your city as well. So show your face. Show no, your I, under, stuff and, I understand yeah, that, but ahead. in terms of like if you can't make it to a meeting or if you're not, if you're still learning how to get into the industry and you're trying to understand what kind of questions to ask because you never actually stepped into a market, I was just I, curious if you guys received those kind of note or you can subscribe to those kind of notifications. I think it's bigger than I think it's bigger than the newsletter. Though, to be honest with you, what it, I think you know you're dealing with money. So so here in America, right? You know you got lobbyists, right? So mm-hmm. so money, so money is so power. Money is power. So you got a lot of hotel. 
like you know, the good thing about the hotel industry, they 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 are it's a collective, right? So you got Hilton, you got Marriott, and like a lot of these, they they work together, Strong right? Lobbyists. Yeah, and they got money, and they don't appreciate Airbnb coming into the space, right? Because you got to understand, if I go stay, at, let's say if I go stay at Lowe's Airbnb, right? I got a whole house to myself, right? And how can a hotel, even the best hotel, really compete with that? You know what I'm saying? I got a kitchen. I got closets. I got beds. I got Backyard, this. I got jacuzzi. that. Backyard, jacuzzi. I got a lot of things going on. Private. You understand what I'm saying? He's escalating. And so, <laughs> like, and so, so, and so, what it is? What it is is the hotels know, you know, inherently to a certain degree. Now, some I think it's it's a benefit to having a hotel, but just inherently to a lot of families that's just moving out of town, they're gonna rather be in that Airbnb. And the hotels see that as a threat. So, and they are collective. So I think before before the Airbnb can even put their word in on some newsletter, man, the money has already been spent by the hotels probably three, four, five times over. So they are fighting with money and 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 political will, and they paying taxes, and you know, and, and so it's the city is gonna acquiesce today, 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 you know, concerns and needs. So I think, you know, and we're going to be diving deep on it tomorrow, man. You know, that's that's exactly what we're talking about. You know, um, yeah. It'll be a good one tomorrow. Sorry, sure. I was just nosy because I used to work in the hospitality industry. So I was on the hotel side. But I'm also curious because I'm not necessarily in the U.S. So context is different based on region. So I was just curious about getting access to the information if you can't physically be in at those meetings. So thank you for answering yeah. the question. No, absolutely. Yes, the, the issue ain't the information. It's the money that I already got there before the information even mattered. Yeah. You can hey, definitely get the information. You got you to connect with the folks too, though. Hey, those of y'all who got too many arbitrage units and y'all scared to death, hey, look, I'm buying furniture, I'm buying artwork, I'm buying all of that shit, man. <laughs> let, me, um, let me know. Let me know. I'll pull up with a truck and all of that. I'm buying all of it. Straight up. Hey, that may be good right now. You get that shit at a discount. You might want to post that all over Atlanta. <laughs> Straight up with a big-ass billboard right there <laughs> in that right downtown. Might have too much fun of shit to pick from. What's going on, Diddy? Good morning, man. Good morning. We got Diddy and Brian this morning. Yo, what's up, oh? Oh, that boy just got out the bed. What's up, man? Nah, that's my deep voice. Nah, that's the sleepy voice. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that ain't brush that teeth voice. Yeah, yeah. That's that that's that man. I was supposed to be at six or five thirty, but you know. <laughs> but uh what happened was that's that snooze. That bed was holding on my back. Yeah. It was holding on to my back. Thought you supposed to be at that gym, man. 5.30, man. I'm on my way. I show up at 7 a.m., bro. Oh, yeah. I hear you on your way. Well, good morning, man. Good morning. What's going on, Ashley? Oh, now it's what's going on. I'm kidding. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Los had us all in a hole. You know, you know, you got to love Los. And, um... From what I've seen lately, you also don't want to get on Los's bad side. So, hey, Los, how you doing, friend? What I see lately, too. I agree with that, Ashley. Hey, I agree with that. it. Hey. I said, hey, yesterday was just the beginning. I got even more to post today. Oh, no, no, Los, don't do that. Day, don't. No, it's, I can't it's lie. Like, you, don't, you don't cross me, bro. That's Los, Los, 
close me, listed. Me and Byron trying to figure out what was going on. You know. I don't even know if my peacemaking skills would work on Lowe's. That's the question. <laughs> we don't need peacemaking all the time. We need some facts. <laughs> I, I squeeze people and make lemonade, bro. This, I'm telling you, this it's over with. That's what somebody we know. Oh yeah, Let's Cooper no, Home no, Loans. No, no, oh, we're not over with. Uh, 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 yeah. uh, 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 oh, oh my bad. Don't mute. ask no questions. Mute. I'm sorry. Mute, mute, Lowe's. Mute. <laughs> mute. We gonna have to call each other later or something. <laughs> oh, oh Ash, Ashley wanted the tea, but just not publicly. I see you, Ashley. No, I see you. no, no. Just go I watch already. my stories, y'all. Go, go watch my stories. That's it. Just go watch my stories. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. We let's stop. Yeah, that's what we'll say right there. Hey, y'all. Good to be in the building with you all. Los trying to make it into my morning news segment. That's what it is. That's <laughs> that's what it is. Listen. I'm Dr. Ashley B. Wilkerson, the host and thought leader of the Phenomenal Women Leading Club and Community Network. And I have your B.O.B. Morning News. Thank y'all so much for tapping in every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight. At 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to have some of the B.O.B. brothers in the Phenomenal Women Leading Club to share information like introductory information like the 101 information about getting into real estate so if you would like to come and ask your questions make sure you tap in tonight at 6 30 p.m eastern standard time i'm going to see who's first in the building whether it's o'neill or byron they usually have that competition going on who's gonna be first o'neill you i'll be there for sure I'll be in the building. Byron might have a his long set at five fifty nine or something. Five fifty eight. Hilarious. I'ma slide on in that joint. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was so funny last time. Y'all were like competing on who was gonna be first. It was hilarious. Listen, Elon Musk is being sued. Yesterday I reported that Elon Musk. Uh, pulled out of his agreement to purchase Twitter. He wanted to pull out of that $44 billion deal. And now they are suing him for the full amount and says that they have no doubt that they will have victory. What are your thoughts? He deserves to get sued. He should not have publicly disclosed a business merger agreement without being willing to proceed. He played himself. He did play himself, you know. But at the end of the day, man, if they ain't have no way to lock him in, he ain't put no earnest money down, you know. That's, that's what happens when you don't put no earnest that money earnest down. Earnest money, uh, man. We're working on a deal right now. They ain't put no earnest money down, man. No, 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 no. So, um... <laughs> Uh, when it comes to company acquisitions, um, he would have had to disclose his financial uh, profiles and have provided a letter of intent in order for contract negotiation to actually begin and for the terms of the purchase to begin. But that le letter of intent and disclosure of the ability to purchase is justifiable grounds to go ahead and take him to court and probably win. He played himself. Also, he publicly disclosed that he was purchasing Twitter and then bragged about it, which can be leveraged in the court of law because it's not a text message because it's public domain. So he still played That's himself. Thing. That worked out. Kick my booty butt today. That's been on the ground for a week. Keisha, your mic is hot. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we glad he did, girl. Yeah, I was trying to she figure out what she was talking moment. about. Yeah, I, know, I was right? like, wait a minute. But a great work are we talking Elon or butts? No, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> 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 like she's about to whip some ass. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Oh, Lord. My bad. I'm going on mute. <laughs> Listen, um, Donald Trump and Elon Musk now are uh, having a public beef online. Donald Trump stated that when Elon Musk came to the White House asking me for help on all of his many subsidized projects, whether it's electric cars that don't drive long enough, driverless cars that crash or rocket ships to nowhere, without which subsidies he'd be worthless. And telling me how he was a big Trump fan and Republican, I could have said drop to your knees and beg and he would have done it. Now Elon should focus on getting himself out of the Twitter mess because he could owe $44 billion for something that's perhaps worthless. Also, lots of competition for electric cars. Wow. They are both they are both getting into it. Elon said, I don't hate the man, but it's time for Trump to hang up his hat and sail into the sunset. So stay tuned uh, between those two and Elon's issues pertaining to Twitter. We'll see if he's going to be ordered, court ordered, to pay the $44 billion for what he says are a lot of bot accounts. So we'll see. Want to know, researchers have done a lot of studies and they are hopeful of the success of using pig hearts for transplants in humans following their latest experiments. This was done at the University of Maryland. Last year, they didn't have success, but researchers seem to be making progress now at the New York University. Would you all want to use a pig's heart? No. As a transplant? No. Swine heart? No. You don't want that, man. I thought, yeah, I, I don't, you know, no. <laughs> he said, no. Nah. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> nah. Listen U.S. announces $1.7 billion in aid to Ukraine to pay healthcare workers as some hospitals were shuttered and bombed during the Russian war. So there's another pack, uh, package of aid going out to Ukraine from the U.S. And speaking of giveaways in terms of finances, NBA Hall of Famer Charles Barkley donated $1 million to Spelman College, which is a historically black college slash university. And then last but not least, I reported before about Casey White, who um, he was the person, he was the inmate that escaped from the Alabama jail with the corrections officer, Vicki White. Well, Vicki White then died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. They were able to catch Casey, but Casey is now being charged with her suicide. He's being charged as an accomplice to her, her suicide. So that concludes the news. Now, I'm sorry. Sure. How, how do you get question. charged with somebody else's suicide? Like, that's different. I mean, the president has been set, but um, are, 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 the, are, the, are the charges listed anywhere publicly? Because I need to understand the justification for these charges, because I have questions. She Doc questions. Ashley? 
Listen, because I mean, I understand if you influence somebody, there's documentation that led to self-harm because there's been a precedent set for that. And a young woman is doing a life bid for doing that with her boyfriend. Um, but I'm curious to understand what the justification is, also what state they're in, because that law is not applicable in all states. It is at the state level, not the federal level. So I still have questions. They escaped from the Alabama jail. And this is Lauderdale County District Attorney Chris Connolly, who says, quote, that Casey caused the death of Vicki wife, white, unquote, as he was committing first degree escape on May 9th. So that's the only statement that they use is that he caused her death, even though it was self-inflicted. Oh, it's felony murder. That's the charge. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and be nosy because, um, yeah, the, 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 the law school dropout of me has questions. Y'all continue. My bad, Dr. Ashley. You're good, beautiful. All right, y'all. That is the news. Uh, I know Lo said he doesn't agree with it, too, but they said that he's responsible for her death. Stay tuned. Passing it back to you. Thank you, Ms. Ashley. Thank you, Ms. Ashley. Before we get started, man, I appreciate I'm sure everybody here would appreciate if y'all click the link at the top and just go subscribe, man. It's free. And then uh that's that's the that's the podcast with Mr. Larry, man. It's a lot of value in there. It's free. Go check it out. Leave a star a five star review if possible. You know, I'd be much appreciated. But uh, <clears throat> I think we should get started on our topic today. Your next seven figure blueprint. So if you on the stage, you you know, you made six figures before, you know, we'd love to hear from you. If you're looking to get a seven-figure blueprint. We're looking to hear from you as well. So uh, raise your hand. We'd love to hear from you. Let's talk about it, man. Let's talk about it. So, Byron, I know we were talking about it before we started. Let's talk about that bill to rent real quick. Um, do you believe that's a seven-figure blueprint? I um, I do. Uh, I think the barrier to entry is a little bit lower in terms of capital. Like the capital investment is a little bit lower to get into if you have the skill set and the know-how. What kind uh, of skill set would you need? Because I know they got some people here listening. They talking about building the house. Of course, when it sounds like you're building the house, it sounds like you need a lot of money or something because you got to buy the land. You got to buy the Absolutely. wood. You got to find the contractor. So there's a lot that goes into it. I know it sounds easy for us because we do this every day, but we got to break it down, man. We got to break it down. So what kind of skills would you need? Because you said the, the the barrier to entry is low. So we, we, you can break that down for me. Well, I, I would say the barrier to entry is higher in terms of skill, but it's lower in terms of capital raise. So um, I think, you know, the, for us, we look at it like this, right? You know, here in Houston, and, 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 it, and this, this is going to be contingent on your market, right? You need to be in a market where the value of the land kind of holds some weight, Hold right? Weight. You know, some, yeah, some areas... You know, it don't matter how much, like, you know, the land just ain't worth it there, right? Here in Houston or, or any of the big cities, you can go buy you a piece of land, right? Buy and then you, 50K is worth about 70K in about two months, three months. Exactly. You know what I mean? And then you can leverage the land to 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 the do lateral. the bill. Absolutely. And so. They got several lots around here, 200, 300,000. Yeah. Huh? A lot? Bruh, bruh. What? Come on, talking bro. about like not even a, a half of an acre, 200, 300K? Absolutely. What you mean half an acre? This guy said half an acre. Yeah, they, they got, <laughs> yeah, you get, bro, you get a regular lot, man. Like 200,000? Yeah, bro. We're talking about like a 1,300 
I mean, thirteen thousand square foot lot. You know what I mean? Eight thousand. That's crazy. Square foot I bought lot my house for two for two fifteen. <laughs> yeah, it's different. Bel Air, the Heights. I mean, just a few areas to name. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, people selling houses. I mean, lots, just the dirt. Yeah, not even a, a structure to tear down. We're so talking. Let's talk about the land that y'all bought. How much did y'all buy that? And was the was the value? So we bought that uh, uh, lot for fifty five thousand. It was point five five acres, um, so a little Man. over half an acre. And um, the value when we bought it, I think it was about one thirty uh, appraised value. Okay. So let's just let's just stop right here real quick. So one transaction got y'all net worth increased seventy five thousand. Yeah. Yes, sir. Just by negotiating a discount. And that's before the replat. So that's before they did anything. That's just dirt sitting there. And that's that's it doesn't ha does it have utilities and all that rent or not yet? Absolutely. Yes, sir. So it had it had two older structures already there. So for the people that don't know, um, Land is more valuable if the utilities ran. Now, if it's just some dirt, of course, it's not worth as much if your water is in the area, electricity, etc. So let's just say, uh, let me see, let me do some math real quick. So if y'all buy 13 of those deals, 13 and a half of those deals, that's a seven-figure blueprint. That's over a million dollars in equity. Easy. So if people go out there buying land, buying houses, you know, you got to look at the equity and you got to look at your, your personal financial statement to hit that seven figures. That's the first way to, to be a millionaire is on paper before you actually get in your pocket. So go ahead, Byron, my bad. I just had to break that down real quick so the people can understand. Nah, you're good. I, you know, it's funny because we actually in the process of trying to buy the land behind it, right? We want to buy that piece of land. We just haven't gotten in touch with the seller yet, so that's 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 in the in the works. But, huh? Real quick, man. I, I want I want the circle back to what O'Neill just kind of, you know, threw out there really quick. It's um, important. About, it's important. You know, yeah, people, because people it's one of the blaze past that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the easiest ways for the average person to become a millionaire. And I love it because I know Gary Keller, the founder of Keller Williams, in his book, Millionaire Real Estate Investor, stated like the, the, the easiest path for most people, even a D student. This is one of the businesses that even a D student, well, I wouldn't say that because a lot of the <laughs> most successful people on earth are uh, C you students. Know, yeah, C students, hiring A students. But this is one of the ways, this is the, probably the easiest way for the average person to become a millionaire and it starts with buying a million dollars worth of real estate so the asset is valued or the the collective of the assets are valued at a million dollars now you don't have may not have a million dollars worth of equity equity but the the value is a million dollars then you own a million dollars so over time right it appreciates um debt pay down from you know the occupants or, or the tenants and then you end up you know, over time having a million dollars worth of equity. So now you own a million dollars. And then, you know, by, you know, just certain moves in trading, then you start to earn a million dollars uh, through real estate. So um, the easy part about it the, 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 is on the front end, because all I have to do is acquire a million dollars worth of assets. Literally here in Houston, Texas, I mean, last time uh, I, I checked. I guess like four deals, five deals. Yeah, last about. time that I checked. <laughs> the average house in Houston, Texas is like 300K. 
So you could buy four of those, like subject to just taking over a mortgage without using your credit or seller finance, or you can do it the traditional way, right? And let's say you got four, you bought four properties worth two hundred and fifty thousand, the value. Let's say if you didn't even have much equity, um, let's say you have fifteen percent equity, right? But you have a million dollars worth of assets. Um, time will pass like it always does, and over time the debt will get paid out. The properties would appreciate. And if you never done another thing in your life, right, another deal in your life, when that those properties are p uh, paid off, you could easily have a million dollars liquid um, by, ref you know, refinancing, uh, reselling, etc. So it's, it's kind of like one of the most secured, um, um, you know, somebody didn't want to go full fledged real estate. They just want to have like a backup 401k plan. Go ahead and buy a million dollars worth of assets really quick which is not hard to do. It's very, very easy. It's, it's way easier than someone say, hey, I want to I wanna do 10 wholesale deals or three wholesale deals. Go get your name your, on title to a million dollars worth of assets and watch what happens over time. Exactly, exactly. So that's why you hear people say the easiest way to, to get it to be a millionaire is through real estate. So that's basically what Brian just said. So uh, let's go back to this, this build a rent thing, Byron. Yeah, let's talk about it. So let's talk about it. So, so um, the beauty. Okay, I'm I'm just gonna break down. I'm gonna break down the plan for the Waverly. Uh, break play, down you know how we saying? get them seven figures. That's what I want. <laughs> so with Waverly, right? Um, you know, which is probably about four minutes away from Bush Airport. You know, we plan on doing anywhere from sixteen to twenty units, depending on what we get approved for, right? So, so because, and then, and, that, and so what we're going to do is, oh, we're going to subdivide the land, right? We're going to replant the land. It's once we get it more up, valuable. It's going to make it way more valuable because now we're going to take that half an acre, right? And we're going to bust it up into separate, you know, into individual lots, right? So that's going to cost us probably about $2,000 a piece, right? So if we do, um, you know, but we only going to have, uh, uh, it's either going to be eight to 10 different, lots right because they're gonna all be duplexes right so uh because of that let's say if we if they approve us to do 10 if they approve us to do 10 we're gonna do 10 if they approve us to do eight we're gonna just do the eight and stick with the eight right and so that's gonna be about two thousand dollars a piece right uh to bust open that land so now we just increased um uh, the value can significantly with the 16 we're gonna put sixteen thousand into it right the land is already as is valued at about 130 to 150 um, and so once we do that, it's going to open it up even more. Now, once we start to now, now that we got the land bust open and the value of the land has significantly increased, right? We're going to go to the, we're going to go to the bank and say, Hey, look, you know, and, and of course we're going to do some other things. We're going to do some soil testing, a lot of feasibility studies. Uh, right. Uh, we're going to also, uh, you know, flatten the land if we have to bring in new dirt, right? Because a lot of times you want to make sure that you, you know, get the right kind of dirt. Dirt is just, you can't just build anywhere. Even if it's an existing structure, sometimes you want to go and get better dirt, right? That way that the, you know, that, here in Houston, you know. Foundation got to be good. Yeah, foundation got to be solid. And that's a real cheap thing to do up front, right? To save yourself a lot of headache later when, you know, when you start having settling and different things like that, because we have a lot of moisture here. So we're going to probably bring in some more dirt, relevel that land, right? And then prep the bill. You know what I'm saying? But once we build, bro, I mean, that's, you know, that's going to be 20 units, uh, 20, uh, 16 to 20 units that's going to go up. It's going to be worth at that point. It's probably going to cost us maybe about. How much do you think to build each unit? 
each day. It's place. probably gonna cost us anywhere from about two eighty to about three ten, right? Two eighty to three ten. Three ten. That's all in with the land, the bill. Nah, nah. That's just the bill. That's just the bill. So two eighty to three ten. How much they gonna be worth? Per, per structure. Per structure. They gonna probably be worth somewhere around four fifty. Per. Um, God damn. Per structure, yeah. Per structure, maybe around four fifty, five hundred. Yeah. Times eight. That's three point six mil. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, 0.55 on an acre. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, but the with the the, the real plan, we trying to buy the land behind it. So it's a it's another piece of land, uh, right behind. I think you got like a trailer park on it, don't it, uh, Brian? I think it just got a, another uh, couple of houses. Yeah. So we get that, then that'll be a full acre, man. We can we can get forty units uh, and run a play, and we willing to overpay for it. You know what I mean? We are gonna offer them what they want. You know what I mean? If you know if they you know if we'll get them one fifty, it's worth it for us because we underpay for the lot that we have, right? Right, right? And you know, and if we get that whole watch collar, we can build a street, right? Um, and uh, shit, run the play. Like, so yeah, like, that that right there, yeah, that yeah, that'd be forty units. That'd be forty, uh, that'd be forty units easy, uh, if we get that land. And um, yeah, bro, it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's, so so. And this this the beauty the beautiful thing about it, right? If we get the land behind it, right, it's gonna be worth probably all in after everything said and done somewhere around seven seven million, right? Um, value after we finish. But the good thing about it is we're gonna go into it. At like about half that, right? A little, a little over half that, half right? That is and equity. yeah, and we're gonna and the the barrier to entry. The reason why I love it is from a financial standpoint, we may only spend about five six hundred thousand, right, to get the land where we need it to be. So, and everything else will be debt. So at the end, you know, we literally just increased our net worth by a couple, you know, multiple millions, right? Um, on one bill, and we only put out out of pocket right now. We're gonna have some sweat equity, right? Because we're gonna have to see the project all the way through. But you know, it's a better play than if you like put it like this. If I go buy a multi-family right now, right, with the same quality, right? You go buy a million dollar asset, you know, multi. You're gonna be putting like 20, 30 percent down. Twenty thirty percent down, yeah, right? Yeah. You, you're gonna have to raise the money, syndicate something like that, and you got yeah. the rehab units. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so with so, this, so back up, Byron. Let me let me uh, a little sauce. He keep rushing just, a little bit. Oh, he nice pace. You know, I just want to sprinkle a little seasoning on it, bro. <laughs> so you know, more value that somebody can extract. So uh, and and it's the beauty, man. That's why I love Bob because uh, they got so many you know selfless people coming here at value. Uh, Malachi, he actually swinging by the office today. I'm be uh breaking down. He about to drop that game. Yeah, yeah, man. He 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 uh shared with us all the different places that's giving out these credit lines. I know he was working with, you know, Los Los uh got him right, but yeah, man, he shared a lot of game as far as you know the pen fed, the lines of credit. So definitely gonna give back today. But so, Malachi, so brought Malachi up, uh, doing what y'all doing without using none of his own money. Yeah, and I, Yep, and opportunity zones. So I know Byron was talking about on the front end versus putting down twenty to thirty percent to you know acquire um, uh, the asset. Um, we're gonna leverage the land, but check this out. We we did pay for the lot cash, right? Um, which we didn't have to. Another uh, way you can you can do this. This is why Byron was talking about like out of pocket uh, expenses, you know, and the capital on the front end. 
is that you literally can leverage credit, right, to cash the land out. And then you leverage the land with the bank to start building and get your construction loan. And how it works with, with banks on construction is the same way they work with uh, hard money and uh, private money, typically, is that now once you've uh, you acquired the land, let's say with uh, with credit, and you get a uh, your loan and they start to you know do disbursements and draws, you can use credit to do that. So let's say um, I had to you know get everything I needed, then foundation and and all of this stuff, the, the the plans and stuff. You can use a credit card for that. And once you meet that checkpoint or that milestone to qualify for your draw, boom, you get that money back from your construction loan and you pay the debt off, right? And now you get all of the benefits, right, on your credit card. Do it again for the next phase. You front it in credit or lines of credit, right? And then when it's finished, you reimburse. So after that's done, right, now you have a completed project. Depending on what type of program you use, you might have to, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, roll that into uh, an extended uh, loan. But literally, you went to, like, credit to credit, you know, lines of credit to, like, long-term uh, fixed debt, um, all without using, you know, uh, your own cash. And, you know, literally from dirt to building a brand new uh, asset. And that's all, you know, things that, you know, you, you know, we've learned actually from, from being here. Right. So I think that's crazy that you could buy like a brand new asset, uh, doing it that way, just leveraging credit and switching the types of credit, uh, until you get a finished product. So you can get to the seven figure blueprint, strictly leveraging credit without your own money. That's what, that's what it sounds like. Absolutely. I definitely want to One uh, deal. point out. I definitely want to point out the foundation of all of this, though, and this is with real estate. You have to identify values, or you'll lose your shirt. You have to understand what something is worth, right, and be able to uh, negotiate or get it, uh, you know, at the price where it makes sense. Because equity is what makes all this stuff this work. Work, you know, the values versus you know your acquisition price. So that's the foundation. It's, it's the important values. to buy every part of the real estate deal with, with equity. That'll make sense. That'll make Yo. sense. Yo. Hey, one, one thing that I will say is don't 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 forget, don't sleep on on, on on y'all local land banks. I just bought nine lots. Well, I got awarded. I ain't closed on me yet. I got awarded nine lots uh for ninety thousand dollars from from the Cook County Land Bank here. And, and, and it's in one of the most desirable areas of the city of Chicago, walking distance or, or a short drive from the new Obama library that's coming. Um, and all that all that land was owned by, by the city and, and the land bank. So, you know, um, you know, everything that they said is definitely on point. I, I don't got nothing to say negative about that. I'm just saying make sure that y'all take a look at y'all local land banks. They got amazing deals on land and, and, and all of that shit. So you got a lot for ten thousand. That's what it sounds like. Ten thousand well, piece. I got eight of them for five thousand. One for fifty. Wow. Ooh, so guys, look at this. <laughs> Check this out. That's what I'm talking about. No stingy energy. That right there. I just jotted down in my notes that quick. I've never heard of a land bank. What? Yeah. I've never heard of a land bank, and I'm not embarrassed to say it. Five hundred transactions started in February 2014. I've never heard of a land bank, but now I'm gonna Lose, take that give note. a little bit more context and info about land banks. 
Yeah, now I'm about to go research it because Lotion yeah. dropped some info. Does, does every uh city have land banks? Because I know yeah. everybody yeah, in every Chicago. Municipality, yeah, every municipality got some sort of a land bank, whether it's the city level or, or the county level. Um, so, I know, so, I know uh, Rashana big on the land banks too, and then also the twins out there. I forgot their name. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I know them all. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Rashana used to hold a license with, with Candace and I at our brokerage. So, you know, I'm very familiar with Rashana Scott. That's a homie. So the land bank is just really, you know, when typically when the city or the county just come back and, and, and take a property, sometimes, you know, that it, it may have been an abandoned building and the city may have had it torn down and things like that. So now they got to get rid of that, get rid of that land now. Um, so, you know, if you live in, 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 a, in a city where they got the hood, trust me, it's a lot of land bank properties. I, I, I know Houston got some for show sure, Detroit. Uh, a couple of different places in Florida because, you know, I'm moving there. So I, I got to, you know, looking around Broward and, and Dade County for their land banks. Um, they they everywhere, bro. It's it's really something that's kind of untapped. You know, I, the other folk been, been been holding that to their chest for, for, for a long, long time. You know what I'm saying? So y'all go take a look at the land bank. Um, you, you may have to qualify for some of that stuff. And, and it's, it's an easy qualify if, if you're doing it from the investment standpoint. They just want to take a look at what you've done. You know, and, and, and a lot of times, you know, the, the, the land banks have properties and things like that that they, they love to give to homeowners, you know, to, to stimulate the neighborhoods. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of different plays with the land bank. It's not just investment. You can get your, your, your own home, uh, your first home from, from the land bank. It's, it's amazing. So the value that he's giving, guys, y'all got to make sure y'all, y'all look this up yourself for y'all city. So whatever city you in, go Google it. Land bank. You should go see if they got it. I'm on the Houston Land Bank right now. I'm on Louisiana Land Bank right now. I'm on it right now. As we speak. You know what I'm saying? I'm on it right now. I feel that. I'm on the same shit. Like 30 seconds ago. I heard of it, but I never thought stuff like that was real. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just thought it was one of them things. Like, you know how you hear about, like, grants and shit like that? And you be thinking like, you know, That's but then when you shit. look at the qualifications, you be like, oh, man, like, yeah, I, li- well, I like well, this Well, you whole- said something else, Nat, man. I got to talk on that. Talk so about I got it. A property, I, got, I got a property, Nat, that, you know, I got to bid for a $5 million grant on. Um, and, and this property that I'm paying 750000 on, I'm putting in for a $5 million grant. And, and I'm I'm, I'm going to reposition the whole thing. I'm going to make it green. Um. Yeah, man, y'all y'all got to tap in. Your, your city got grants, man, uh, uh, tons of them. You know, especially a place like Houston, Chicago, you know, New York. Some of these uh, these bigger municipalities that that, that got you know big budgets. Um, in, anywhere where it's deemed the OZ zone or right outside the OZ zone, yeah, you may not it may not qualify as the OZ, but your city may have some type of qualifying thing that's typically similar to that. So. Uh, yeah, I got I got a, I got another property that that I, I put in for a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar grant for, um, and 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 none of those grants I added into my numbers. All that stuff is just you know cherries on top. Ooh, I got a question about that land back. So can you can you negotiate too? Are they prices they price? No, no, you can negotiate. Perfect. perfect. Yeah, yeah. I see negotiate. some opportunities already. Perfect. 
All right, we, we, we was talking about, man. We been talk about some Y'all about to close this room so and far. start buying properties on the land bank, aren't you? Because I can hear all y'all. Yeah. They lost their whole focus just now. Whole focus gone. Hey, 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 You know what I'm saying? Somebody's texting their some action. This is how you make money. You hear stuff, you go take action. You know, a lot of people hear stuff and don't do shit about it. You got to hear stuff and take action. That's just the type of who we are. But uh, damn man, you got me looking at land banks and looking at land. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you guys, focus oh. in, okay? Focus in. Listen, I'm gonna do a quick reset. Yeah, do that reset. Started. Do that reset. So I can look at a few more houses real quick. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Thank you, Los. We appreciate you and all the value that you bring. Listen. Hey, y'all, you're with the B.O.B. crew for our morning segment every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're talking about your next seven-figure blueprint, and Los just gave one that all the fellas are jumping to right now as they're researching land banking opportunities in their cities and areas of interest. So you can also tap into that to learn more. Thank y'all so much for being here. If you click on the link at the top of the screen, you will see the No Stingy Energy podcast. I'm going to ask you to do us a favor. Go ahead and click it, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Letting people know how amazing the content is within this community. Go ahead and share the room. You'll see an arrow at the very bottom of your screen. Go ahead and share this room on Clubhouse. And you can share it on other spaces as well, such as Twitter and Facebook. Please go ahead and help us grow the room, and spread the word about the community. Thank you all so much for tapping in. Going to get back into your next seven-figure blueprint. Man, I'm looking at these shares. Them shares is terrible. That shit he just dropped right there. That should have been way over 100. I see some, some, some land in some prime areas, man, for the low. Focus. Byron didn't even give Ashley her music. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Y'all flipped exactly. Y'all neglecting the yeah. good guys. Nah, that, that, that's old. Oh, right. Omar today. Yeah. Omar today. That ain't on me. I didn't get the news either. Yeah. I didn't get the news. No hold music, on, no on. news. You know what I'm saying? We're going to bring the it back. The neglect. The neglect. I can't lie. I'm on, I'm on this website. <laughs> hey, I'm telling y'all. G, that's that, 100% that, that, me. That, that land bank got, got amazing opportunities, man. Hey man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? It's just do y'all some, see how they do me? I'm over it. It's some great opportunities. So you know dirty, Ashley. Ashley, <laughs> we got you. We got you, Ashley. Thank y'all. I feel the love from the ladies. I feel the love from the ladies. That's our apologies, you know. We just was looking at some opportunities. Dallas but, uh, not here, y'all. I'm telling you. Didn't I tell y'all I like Dallas to be in the building? Shout out to Dallas. Today, man. Dallas got that COVID, man. Shout out to Dallas, man. But uh, man, let's get back into it. As a Canadian, I'm bitter because we don't have land banks. So um, I'm sure y'all got something though. Y'all got something. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I was on Google, but see, I was paying attention, and I knew that Dr. Ashley didn't have no music. I'm gonna keep on bringing it up, and we don't have land banks in Canada. But y'all go forth and flourish. Continue as you were. Hey, we that gonna, is it. That is all. We gonna, we gonna drop some bars. on our country because your country don't got no motherfucking land bank. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got universal health care though. Fight your HMO. Continue. Mm. Ooh wait. I gotcha, I gotcha. 50% tax bracket, too. 50% taxes. Good morning, everybody. Oh, 50% Happy taxes. Oh, you're paying Ooh, for it. Right? 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 Come in, swing it, Al. Come in, swing it, Al. Al, just sneak up in here. 
There's nothing that means that you don't know how to set up a corporate trust and you're paying like an entrepreneur and not like a corporation and making sure you get Jeff Bezos levels of tax protections. Ooh. So who paying 50% taxes? You snapping. Yeah. I love it, but uh, I use depreciation. I don't pay a damn thing in taxes. You talking to someone that's sur surrounded by CPAs. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome, but I'm still waiting to hear who's paying 50% taxes because... Corporate tax is capped at 37% in Canada. We never hit 50. So. That's low. That's good. That's good. Yeah, so he, he, probably, he got depreciation and, and, you know, in real estate. And, 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 like and, and, and I'm in Texas. Uh, corporate taxes, what? What? I'm still waiting for who's paying 50% taxes. People so. in California, they got a, quite a few on him, show. See, I'm not in California, so I can't relate. But let's hear from Al, man. Al, what you got to share for us, man? Seven-figure blueprint. I know you you getting the multiple seven figures. We just need one of them. Man, to be honest, and y'all going to think uh, the blueprint is just <laughs> being in them DMs is the blueprint. My deal is this, man. I, I, I don't say it's a blueprint. I just listen. I take notes. I'd be a student of business. I'd be a student of people and look at some lanes that I, I want to get into, man. I, I, I typically want to be a passive investor. So uh, I love things that are real estate related. Uh, I even like things that are logistics, uh, logistics related. And so studying people, connecting with people, understanding how they're winning in their respective field and seeing if there are some opportunities for JVs. It's nothing magical. It's, it's, it's nothing that's that's over the top. I think if you think differently and provide a value to make people help them grow their business, there may be opportunity to invest with them in their business or in their respective industry. But nothing over the top, nothing crazy. That's literally all that I do, all that I do. And uh, we we collaborate. We partner with a lot of people, and and we, we getting some M's, baby. That's so that, it. That's a perfect blueprint. You know, you 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 look, you network, you see who's doing something amazing. See, you know, that's doing something positive, and you bring some value to them. Y'all become partners, and then on Al, he he more passive, so he's gonna put the money up, maybe bring a few resources, sit back and chill and collect a bag. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, I, well, I'm going to bring some thought partners, right? I, I'm, I'm going to bring some people that, that kind of help, you know, the person level up, throw some money at it, and let's let's make money together, man. Uh, you know, Byron says this all the time, you know, your network is your net worth. I, but that's true, though, right? But it's only your, – your, your network's only your net worth if you actually <laughs> – are engaged in increasing your network. You, you can have use a, a shit ton of friends. You, 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 you got to be intentional. You got to use it, right? Like, I don't even know if Milton on stage right now, but uh, you know, uh, I'm gonna be hollering him on on the Amazon play probably in the next month or two. That's on my to do list to do by Q4 is to kind of get an understanding on that and then bring somebody in that that can that can help run that, right? So uh, it's a lot of things, man, and I'm just appreciative of the stage that y'all provide. I think y'all guys are making a huge difference, making a huge impact, and really changing a lot of people's lives for the better, man. So, you know, you kings keep doing what you're doing, and you queen, Ashley, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, we need to connect this week, too, Ashley. We need to connect this week as well. You, some, you, you know some, what? You I am working hard to take these connections off the app, you guys. That's where the magic happens. So absolutely, let's connect, Al. Thank you so much for your kind words. Um, listen, y'all, I'm taking these conversations off app. That's how you develop relationships. So let's tap into it. 
Man, that's a hell of a blueprint. Of taking it off the app. I think it's about, I think we passed due to person. Um, I mean, how you guys feeling about a live VOB event? It's been a couple, it's, it's, it's been, been a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I think it's about that time. I mean, what do you guys think in the chats? Is that something everybody's interested in? Us doing a live version again well remember i suggested you all do it august i'll be in your city august the third through the eighth i'm just saying august don't sound too bad i know that's hot as hell in houston but that don't sound too bad that sound about 115 degrees 115 <laughs> no 150 150 yeah, in the way it feels you're gonna be in the yeah. oven in, in august bro, bro that, that walk to the car well yeah but so when you get out the yeah. car walk, walk to the car gonna feel like an oven a whole oven you're gonna be baking yeah to your city and not see my family that's what y'all doing that's Listen. a fact I'm just now you now we just saying you may not even want to come see nobody. That's the way all that's the way August be situated. <laughs> you might just want to hang out in the hotel where they see it, man. I was walking to my truck like, oh, yesterday. I was so playing. You be like, nope. Whoa, let me get back in the blade. <laughs> this shit ain't for me. <laughs> How about September? I don't like to perspire, you guys. I really don't. So I might about- I might be on a struggle bus while I'm there. Hmm. How about September? Is that the weather a little bit more? Uh, it did way better. September, you know, you September. Said, you every, uh, pretty much honestly, if October, I, if I'm probably the real. It's, it's early not, October. It's <laughs> yeah, I would say Houston weather is 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 great to decent every month except June, July, August, and sometimes June. That's the worst part of it. That's that. That's the worst weather in Houston, in my opinion. September you know what I mean? start going down a little bit. Yeah, September it start getting great. I ain't gonna lie. We we put have really pin, good weather. Put a pin on the date and let's do this. Hey, I'm I don't know if y'all gonna go. show up. Y'all can't even share the room. We had eighty seven. We had eighty seven shares. Oh, hey, they ain't gonna show up. Byron, Byron, Rwanda. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did Uncle O just call them out? He said, "Yeah." <laughs> you not gonna fly to Houston if you can't share a room for free. Come on now. Hey, this is my second chair. We gotta keep it. We gotta keep it a hundred. Say it a third time. I'm the realest this morning. Hey, not only have I shared twice. Not only have I shared twice, my VA shares across my social medias and tag y'all. So come on now. I'll now we appreciate you. We talking about the, the other folks. Set the date. Y'all need to share. Come on now. Give some, yeah. some currency around See they, here. They listening in, getting value. They can't share the room. I'll go oh, like, oh, they can't even go subscribe to the podcast, man. O'Neal, man, want us to invest our money in throwing an event? Yeah. Come on. Come on, man. Come on. Nah. Y'all, y'all robbing from us now. It's, it's sad at this point. It's sad. Man, y'all let's get back to Even people. Come oh, yeah, yeah, now. yeah for sure. people in the yeah, room. Sure. Let's get this up. Yeah, sure. Get it up. Get these shares up. Let's hear from Q, man. That Q got to. Byron didn't do his song. Byron didn't do his song. Get, get the shares <laughs> Q, are you with us right now, man? I know you got multiple seven-figure blueprints. We just want to hear one or two. Q might be working out or something. Or building another seven-figure business. That's it. That's it. He might, he might not be with us. Who else got to share, man? I want to hear from some folks. Los, what you got, man? I know you got a few seven-figure blueprints as well. Um, I'm moving into multifamily, man. That's 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 my next play right now. You know, I'm I'm moving in, into the multifamily space, the large multifamily, should I say? So you talking um, about fifty units plus or a hundred plus? Yeah, uh, hundred uh, up, uh, hundred up. Yeah, a uh, hundred up. So Al, Al, sound like he's trying to partner. That's why he got off mute real quick. Uh, 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 
You heard it? Yeah. As soon as he said Eunice, Alice, hold on, hold on. Let me add my pre-bid. Listen, man, Los is my guy. He got great taste in watches, too. But I got Los has great taste in watches. My God. Hey, art yeah. too, nigga. Don't forget about the art. <laughs> great, great taste and appreciating art as well, nigga. <laughs> so, so Lowe's, tell us why you, you transitioned to the multifamily. And what's uh, the plans know, as, that? As, as we look at as we look at, at the market, and even on what y'all was talking about when y'all first opened the room, you know what I'm saying? The 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 barrier to entry for for that for that multifamily is, is coming down. You know, a, a lot of a, a lot of large multifamily is you know still owned by by mom and pops, um, and you know uh, they they was looking to exit. You know, and 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 now you know some of those properties been sitting. I, I, I'm steady getting emails from from deals that you know I got you know seven months ago, and 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 I'm getting price reductions and things like that. The, the price reduction, but the cash flow not. So you know that that's that's the opportunity. So you know I'm I'm just taking looking to take advantage of, of the space. You know it, as as the economy changes, you know as we you know get deeper into a recession, more people are gonna be locked out of the housing market and, and, and forced into the rental space. And 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 you know how it is when you forced into the rental space, you you forced to pay a higher rent. So you know I just I just see a lot of opportunity there, um, and, and I don't want to miss it. Man, you drop a bar. I don't even know if they heard that. The price is going down, but the cash flows remaining the same are going up. You can't beat that, man. You can't beat that. So you you looking to buy only in Chicago or other areas? Oh, no, no, no. I'm I'm nationwide with this one. Uh, I, I I like Texas. I like Florida. I, I like certain um uh college towns. Not all, but but certain college towns. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm evaluating deals. Uh, I wouldn't say every day, but but a few a week right now. And 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 that's fifty units plus. Uh, hundred units plus. Hundred units plus. Okay. One one thing I add on with uh, Telos's comments, guys, it's a lot easier to get financing when there's more doors. They're 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 evaluating the asset, not the individual. So, uh, uh can y'all hear me? I got this damn. You I got broke this bar. I'm going you, to you back. You back. You broke up a little bit. No, what I was saying is, it's easier to get a hundred units financed than fifty. 50 units, they're still evaluating the individual. 100 units, they're evaluating the asset. So they evaluate it so, like it's as a business. Yes. And if you're a good operator and have a good network, the raising capital is not a problem, and getting those that property under your belt is, is not a problem. And uh, so Los is, is spot on. Look for areas that has growth, in, I mean, job growth and population growth. That's why I love Texas, cause uh, they're building multifamilies like crazy, but they're going to cash flow. We don't. We have a housing shortage, right? People want to buy single families, but if you, unless you're getting them off market, it's going to be really hard to buy some inventory, right? So uh, it, it, it's it's a great time. And then there's also going to be opportunities for uh, operators, mom and pop operators that have bad debt. Let's say they refinance, and and that, that cap rate's going up. And when we talk about cap rates. That's bad. And when the cap rate goes up, that's bad for the seller, good for the buyer. And with that being more expensive, that means it's good for the buyer because, you know, their cash flow is going down. So the value of their property is going down. And then uh, you can buy it at a much better deal and at a much lower price. Since we're talking about the multifamily, you said it's easy to get 100 units. Now, when it comes to financing, um, do you have to get somebody part? Like, do you have to partner with somebody that has multifamily experience to get that loan? Typically, you do, you know, t- typically you do. Um, or if you can show extensive uh, real estate experience, uh, depending on, on the lender, 
they'll, they'll allow you. But, you know, typically if, if you've never done something like this, then, then you're going to need a sponsor, you know, someone who, who they, you can, you know, kind of piggyback off their experience, so to speak. Um, and, and they putting their neck on the line saying, hey, you know, this is a good deal. I stand by it. Um, you know, based on my experience, you know, I, I would do a deal like this. And the bank say, all right, well, okay, well, you, since you co-signed it, um, we'll, we'll give it to you, but you got to sign for them. Um, and, you know, typically, you know, if you need a sponsor, that, that fee, fee may be anywhere between 10 to, to 30% um, of, of equity or, or in that deal for, for that sponsor. But, you know, once, once you end with that sponsor that one time and now now you document it as, as, as a principal, you don't need that sponsor anymore. Exactly, exactly. Now, how you want to set that up is either you can, they can be 30% owner for a short time or they can be 30% owner for a lifetime. So how you set that up is um, y'all make an LLC together, whatever. Y'all do your operating agreement. And then if you want to keep them in a day, you keep them. If not, you refinance and give them some cash. Y'all keep on going. That's right. Sound about right, Lewis? Absolutely. That's that. That's what I would do. You no, know, you know. Fortunately, I, I, we don't. We don't need a sponsor. You know, based on our real estate experience, and 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 my wife being a real estate broker with management experience. You no, know, we we had a real estate management company, so that that's good enough for our lender. So for the people, man, you gotta you gotta let go of something to get in the game. You can't just try to be a hundred percent owner of something and try to get in multifamily. It's, it shit ain't gonna work unless you got a lot of experience. So uh, just be prepared to give a little bit to gain a lot. But, uh, so I have a question. I what got you got? Question. What you got? Anybody can answer. Y'all, you all have been experienced in real estate for a very long time. You're making big bucks. What do you say to the beginner that's just starting out saying, okay, I want this seven figure. I want to get there, but where in the hell do I start? Oh, can I take that? Yeah, you got it. You got it. So first invest in yourself. I don't believe in investing in real estate until you're properly educated. Go join a real, go take a course. If you want to invest and in, eventually become a syndicator, uh, like some, we got some pretty big syndicators that, that pop in and, and out of the rooms, uh, go take a real course. Go learn, take a class on learning all about syndication and investing in multifamily. If you can't underwrite a deal, you probably shouldn't be investing in it. So that's the first thing I would do is, is take a course, learn how to underwrite deals, learn what questions to ask, learn what's a good investment, what's a bad investment. And then once you have that under your belt, now let's find a deal that you can maybe invest in passively and ask the sponsoring investor, hey, can I, you know, can I look over your shoulder? Can, 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 can you walk me through this process? I'm investing in your deal. If someone putting 50 to 100K in an investment deal, uh, uh, yeah, they, they're, they're going to, you know, hell, they're, they're probably going to say, yeah, I'll help you. And notice I said 50 to 100, because typically that's what it takes to invest in these larger deals. You don't have to be an accredited investor. If you do the educational part, you can become a sophisticated investor and be able to invest in these opportunities. Okay. And for people that don't know what an accredited investor is, I believe that the limit now is a quarter million. You got to make a quarter million a year, or maybe it's 200 a year before you Network can invest in these type of opportunities. Network 250 high, I believe. Yeah, now, it's network is a mil. Yeah, it's, it's two fifty. Two fifty is what you earn in your net worth yeah, over hundred yeah. mil. Um, over one mil, excluding your primary residence, right? So if you don't fit that category, you can still invest in these opportunities. You just have to become a sophisticated investor, and you do that by taking courses and and learning how to underwrite deals. It takes work to invest in these deals, 
but it's well worth it because it's a safe asset. It really, really is. That's why you have uh, Wall Street buying them up like candy just because they cash flow and they go up, they typically appreciate. Hey, Al, you, hey, you are 100% correct. So, you know, for me, you know, I, I invested over $35,000 in, in multifamily education. You know, one, one course was 25000 learned a shit ton of information, real soldiers with, with some amazing people. That's how I got into the wholesaling of, of these large assets first. So, you know, I've been underwriting these deals and doing them for a while, which kind of, you know, got, got my whistle wet and gave me the confidence. So, you know what? It's time for me to do these myself. You know, I, I've made some of my largest wholesale deals um, from from wholesaling these multifamily uh, properties, and I would have never known how to underwrite these deals and how to present these deals had I not, you know, bought that education, man. So, man, absolutely, e education is, is the most important thing in, in this particular field. And Los is not capping because his ass tried to sell me one of them. So, 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 what he's he's speaking is pure facts. Pure facts. Did that answer your question, Miss Victoria? Thank you. Said a nice. Nice answer for sure. Yes, it did. So you yes, gotta you gotta invest in your knowledge, invest in your mindset, then take some action. You know, that's that's basically what it is. But um <clears throat> you really can make seven figures in basically anything if you put the work in and you, you get the right resources. But uh let's hear from Miss Super Nerd. I see, I see you in the chat. Let's let's hit a seven figure blueprint on the digital side. Okay. Um but first I'm gonna check to see if Quentin is back, um, because he's a beast in the digital space. Um, so I know that you guys called on him before and I wanna give flowers um whilst folks are present. So if Quentin is present, um I'll let him speak first. He may be he may be at the gym. All right. Um, so like I said, I'm in Canada. Our real estate market is slightly different. Um, love to hear it, but it makes my chest hurt every single time because when you guys are talking about multi-unit, uh, yeah, I was just having a conversation. He, he just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, he, is, is he awake enough to jump in? <laughs> I don't know. You got to I'm here. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna let, he got that Brian voice. <laughs> Do you, do you need a coffee while I warm up the room for you? Or are you good to go? Nah, man, I'm always good to go. Okay, I, uh, go ahead and fall back. So, so, so you, so you got on, on clubhouse this morning. You alarm. went back to sleep. I have my alarm set, bro, every morning to join this room on these days, right? So, like, sometimes I join it, and then I'm just like, I just go straight back to sleep by accident, bro. <laughs> hey, man, I know how it is. You work hard, man. You get sleep. Yesterday so. was leg day, dude, and it always drains me, bro. Like, I swear. And my, my, my trainer, he pushes me really past my limit. And right now, we're doing strength training. So I go heavy. And heavy is, like, super draining, bro. Especially when he didn't tell me that we're going heavy, so I didn't eat the right amount of food. And I'm fucking gassed you know what i mean i'm good now though i'm solid i'm awake i'm alive sorry all right good <laughs> good 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 thing you make enough money to sleep in late but uh the question was what's the seven figure blueprint for the digital space online we want your we want to hear what you got to say we'll go to uh, back to miss super nerd yeah uh seven figure blueprint what we can do online Honestly, uh, I, I love internet money. It's one of my favorite ways to make money. It's it's an awesome way to make passive income. It's a fast and, way and to it, make the money, too. It, it really is, bro. And and truthfully, I, I think that a lot of people sleep on that. I mean, there, there's so many conventional ways to make seven figures, you know, and, and it's okay because social media may not may not be the thing that you need to do. 
and 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 you might have something that's way more lucrative you know what i mean and and that's all good but uh for me man like i've i've really found a way through just posting content online and then promoting things that i have going on that has excelled the shit out of my business and and the truthfully guys th- this is a real thing so what i'm about to share with y'all is pretty badass and this is real shit so you know, uh, you guys can literally look this up online if you want, right? So you have this person who owns the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't know if you guys know this, but it's a woman. She's a total badass, right? And I'm not devaluing anything that she's been able to do. She's a phenomenal person. Anybody at any figure or successful level that owns the Los Angeles Lakers deserves accolades for it, okay? So I'm not degrading anything that she's been able to do. Her net worth, this is according to Google, I'm pretty sure she has more assets, it's all good, is 500 million, okay? That is her net worth. And she is the owner of an entire, you know what I'm saying, franchise basketball team, one of the greatest that you can be a part of. Then you have this guy who plays for the Lakers. He is an employee for the Lakers. He's somebody that we all know and love who actually his wife orchestrated the most recent movie uh, along with uh, Warner Brothers, the sequel to Space Jam, which was Space Jam 2, okay? And so LeBron James, some of us know him, some of us like him, some of us don't like him. I'm from San Antonio. He you know, knocked us out of a championship. Otherwise we would have had six rings here. It's all good. (laughs) But LeBron James net worth is 1.2 billion. So you have two concepts here. One of them is ownership. And then the other one is influence. Okay. And so LeBron is an employee for the, the, the Lakers basketball team. And his net worth is 1.2 billion. It's because he has influence over ownership. Now, I'm not saying that he doesn't own a bunch of companies. I'm saying that a lot of people know who he is, and he has pivoted that into creating multiple different types of businesses. So you can literally look him up on Instagram. Almost every single video that he throws out there gets millions and millions and millions of views. People follow this man religiously. And so he's been able to utilize that presence that he has to create massive opportunities. Massive opportunities. That that goes into his you know, the the sponsorships that he has that, that goes into the shoes that he's developed, the Nike contracts that he has. Now, why do people do these things? Why do people do these things? It's because you have massive influence through social media. And when you create a brand for yourself, you're able to do so many different things. And I'll give you an example. All right. So I started documenting my journey in, in about 2015, 2014. I was posting on Facebook mostly And I started talking about how I was getting into real estate. And so I would do everything. I would record all of it. I'd go live on Facebook and I would post content consistently so that people would know where I was coming from and what it was that I was doing. At the beginning, I was only doing this because I wanted to document my journey so that I could look back and see how far I've come. And then after a while, it started to gain traction. Next thing you know, I had people that were inviting me to be on stages, inviting me to be on podcasts. They told me I have this gift of speaking. I didn't even really, you know what I'm saying? Dude, I'm telling you guys, y'all meet me in person. I'm no different than the motherfucker you're listening to right now over your phone. I'm the same guy. I'm honestly really laid back. (laughs) But a lot of people love it when I speak. And so then I discovered that I'm a powerful public speaker. And so understanding that power within me, I decided to incorporate that into other different platforms. 
I created an Instagram account, created a TikTok account, created a YouTube account. I just got verified on YouTube recently. I'm working on all the other platforms. And I started just, I started throwing out a crap ton of content. Next thing you know, I get people that were inviting me to speak on stages. I get people that were telling me they wanted to sponsor all of the stuff that I have going on. And so I get checks every single month from companies that want me to promote their products and help them push their brand. I get, I get literally like massive and massive amounts of systems for free that I use for my real estate business. I get 10 dialers through batch. I get a free prop stream account. I get free batch dialers. I mean, I get literally so many different things. What's the, what's the biggest check company. you got for somebody? Oh, I hate to cut you off. I just want to know though. The biggest check that I've gotten from somebody, as like a, in as the affiliate, of, as an affiliate, in one month, uh, prop, prop stream, bro, because prop stream gives like me about fifty. Say again? Oh, they probably give you more. What is, is it? Fifty percent, something like that. Prop stream gives me thirty-five percent commission, and I have a little over, I think, like three thousand people that use prop stream under me, Shit. and I did all of that through social media. And they pay me about 36 bucks per sign up. You know what I'm saying? So y'all can do the math on that. But that that's how crazy this gets, you know, and that's all passive. That's I'm not every even, month. That's not like I'm not even calculating. Not, I'm not even calculating for all the other things that I have going on. Like YouTube pays me. Facebook pays me. Instagram pays me. I had a couple of videos go viral again recently that had millions of views and I get checks for those too. Um, so even if you don't want to do affiliate marketing, that's something that spawned from that as well. But the reason why I, I wanted to talk to you guys about it and, and as far as what a seven figure blueprint is, you know what I mean? A lot of it just starts with getting into the notion right now it's never been more easier to build a brand dude like you have platforms that are pushing short form videos so crazy i stopped doing all these long form videos with youtube and i just started posting and chopping up content that i've had archived for years into 30 second one minute clips and so literally just posting consistently and and being consistent and I, I, I wanted to prove this because a lot of people are like, oh, well, you're just a good speaker. I'm like, well, check this out. All right. I created a second Facebook account just for the fuck of it. Did it literally a couple of days ago. I maxed it out to 5,000 friends. And then I got invited to digital creator space, which is what you do when you get to a certain point in your Facebook. Um, you, you have to post a few times, you got to do some videos and you got to post to your story and then you get invited. So once you're invited, now you can post Facebook reels. And so literally it's been... A little over nine days. I'm at 15k followers. I have over 13 million views on the account, and I'm just reposting stuff that I had put on TikTok a long time ago. And so that's how crazy the brand part is. And this is a is entirely separate following than my original Facebook account. In total, I have a little over three to four million followers across all of the entire platforms, and and even in clubhouses, that's included number these factor that, what the numbers that I'm factoring into this amount, and it's great because we get to do so many different things. You know, I I always thought that my purpose was aligned with flipping as many houses as I could, and and doing as many deals as I could, and and buying as much property as I could. But dude, I'll tell you right now, once you figure out what what really is like what, what's really a part of your purpose and you realign that and you pivot into something different. I realized that it was never about how much deals I could close. It was about how many deals I can help other people close. And so I switched my mindset from just wanting to be this real estate tycoon person to just being me and, and helping people with the things that I've been able to learn. 
And so, you know what I mean? It, that That's really when the shift happened. And so that that's over the last two years that I've been doing things in the social media space. And we just opened up a studio. Not only that, man, I'm, I'm, I'm fuck, I feel like I, I, I got an opportunity to promote shit on, on business. I feel like I paid for it at this point. <laughs> but, you know, we help other people do the same thing now. We're currently at 14 clients. And, I mean, it's been amazing. I'm helping people go viral on social media and build their own platform now. And it's a whole business. And so it's great. You know what I mean? And, and, and I love it. But that's a seven-figure blueprint right there, man. And guess what, guys? You could do it from the fucking phone that you're listening to me on right now. You don't even have to worry about a fancy camera or a fancy studio or any of that. You could pick up your phone and you can do this. So if you're spending the majority of your time just scrolling through Facebook, looking at other people's lives, I promise you, man, there's going to be so much more opportunity that you will have for yourself and your business when you gain the correct exposure. And instead of using social media as a distraction, you use it as a source of income. And I'll land my plane on that. Thank you, guys. Hey, man, you got some gems as usual, man. What, what, what about the 14 people you got? You, you turn them into influencers? Yeah, man. I have uh, three clients that I already have over a million views, bro. And it, it's just... It's great, man. I love it, dude. I love it. It's fun because I'm sharing something that I'm passionate about with other people. A lot of people don't know this, dude, but I'm named after Quentin Tarantino. You know what I mean? And uh, one of my favorite quotes from Quentin Tarantino, he says, you do not need a good camera to film a good movie. So if you just, you don't need me to, to do this, guys. You know, I do offer this as a service. You can DM me if you want, but you don't need me. You can do this. I promise you, you have everything that you need in the palm of your hand right now. God bless. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing, man. We got Andrell in the building, TM, Jared, Sasha, Ian, Sawan, Tina. What's going on? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, fam. Good morning. How y'all feeling? How y'all feeling? We want to hear from y'all. Miss Sasha, what's the seven-figure blueprint you can you can share with us today? Oh, good morning. Thank you for having me on stage. Thank um, you for coming up. So <laughs> my seven-figure um, business would be the box truck industry. Talk to us about um, it. Talk to us, man. Talk to <laughs> us. So getting into the box truck industry, it starts off at a six-figure business, but um, it can definitely grow to a seven-figure business by adding more trucks. What's the barrier, um, what's the barrier of- to entry where you get too far? Yeah, exactly. I need <laughs> a few so bucks. With- I need some credit. I'll get in there. <laughs> so with the box truck industry, um, get, getting started, um, a lot of people depend on the low boards, but I took a different route. Um, I go, I get contracts. I get contracts with different furniture stores and appliance stores, and I um, secure that contract, which allows it to be a dedicated contract, and my trucks run consistently seven days a week. So that's how you're able to scale um, to get to those six figures. Um, when we got started, I believe we hit six figures in six months. Um, and so now we have trucks, um, in Houston, Dallas, and then now we have, uh, we're, we have a few trucks in Arizona now. So by adding trucks in different States or just even in one state, you can scale to that six figure business. So, um, if you guys are ever interested in getting into box trucks, tap into it, don't allow anyone to tell you that you can't be successful in the box truck industry because they wasn't successful. Never listen to anyone, test it out for yourself um, because it is definitely a seven-figure business. So you're not driving the trucks yourself? 
no, I'm not driving my trucks. Um, I went out and I hired um, people. So it's always a two man truck. I hire teams for each truck. Um, and so you, it's, it's a passive income. You basically hire your teams, you get them trained um, and they go out and they make the deliveries for you. Um, and you just sit back and just make sure everything runs smoothly. I like it. I like it. So uh, I know Lowe's started doing like third party box trucks like a year ago. So you have, do you do business with them or you don't? I have, I can get contracts with Lowe's, yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, Sasha, check your um, DM. Look, look Andrea, Andrea trying to network real quick. Stop! <laughs> Damn. I got you. You and Al, man, you and Al be, be shooting them DMs. So, <laughs> you got to, you got to. DM to M. Yeah, DM to M. So, Miss Sasha, let's talk a little bit more about it. So, uh, when you got in, did you buy a brand new truck or did you lease a truck or how, how did it work? So that was the game. That was the game changer for me. Let's hit um, a game changer. I, <laughs> the game changer was I did not have to purchase a truck. I rent my trucks from Enterprise or Ryder. So um, I didn't have to come in, you know, spending 50 to 100,000 mm-hmm. on a truck. Um, I came in. The only money that I put down was for my insurance because I was new in the trucking industry when it came down to my authorities. So that was the so the startup cost is very low. The startup cost is under ten thousand. Um, so just imagine you putting your startup cost being under ten thousand, and then mm-hmm. it's scaling to a seven figure business. I like that. I like that. And uh, arbitrage box okay. truck play. Yeah, <laughs> and you could just leverage some credit to do that. So you can you, know. you can just leverage. Some credit, you exactly, because I could. definitely use my my credit card to start the the box truck company. Let's, so. let's make sure you're using the right credit card. What, what credit card do you use to start that? Well, it's the Amex for me, okay, so okay. I don't know. <laughs> is the gold or the platinum? It's the platinum. Okay, that, is that the right one to use, Louis? What you think? Um, if if, <laughs> if that purchase, if that swipe is over five thousand, then then yeah. If not, then it should have been the gold. She said it was 10 bands. Yeah, it was definitely over 10. I mean, it was definitely over five. All right. So mm-hmm. so now y'all people it's see right you, thing. You, you hit Los up for the credit. You hit Sasha up for the box trucks. And there you go. Leveraging your credit. Thank you so much, guys. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Let's get back to Miss Super Nerd. How, some digital plays, seven-figure plays we can do. So I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to do this real quick, uh, like a boot camp. Um, so background, uh, I work in digital platform design. Uh, so I am specifically trained to build the platforms that all of y'all are addicted to. I would apologize, but it pays really well. So I ain't sorry. Um, like Dr. Ashley said earlier, take these relationships off these platforms because what you do not own, you're a product of. And I guarantee whatever money you're making on these platforms, the platform is making at least 80% more than you. So keep that in mind. Now, with that being said, uh, let's talk digital product um, passive income. So uh, if you have affiliate partnerships like Quinton mentioned before, Something as simple as your own mobile app with all of your affiliate links on it can exponentially increase your income because not only are you going to start moving up on the Google search ranking because your app shows up in the app store, but also shows up on Google SEO searches, but your reach is going to increase. Beyond that, when you build an app, what happens is you are only splitting your ownership costs, so your content, between yourself 
whoever hosts your server if you don't own them. And there are websites that you can purchase servers outright. Um, and whoever is responsible for um, your hosting, so your domain technically speaking. So you can sit on Instagram and go ahead and post content. You make $100,000 a year. Instagram is averaging $1.5 million off of every $100,000 you make. Or you can build your Instagram following, transition it to an app, and now the only person you're splitting that $1.6 million with is your server host and GoDaddy. And all it took was potentially maybe three to six months, depending on the intricacies of your app and how much software in terms of backend security you put in to build that. So in the time that you're building your Instagram audience and you're engaging while Quentin is out here, um, making sure that he's creating impact, if he takes every single person who follows him on TikTok, on Facebook, and on Instagram and transitions them onto his app as subscribers, even if they are not paid subscribers, what happens is if Instagram wakes up tomorrow and decides to crash like it has done, if Facebook suddenly goes out of business because Mark Zuckerberg got sued one more time by the United States government and Facebook can no longer function the way that it does because it has violated too many FCC um, rules. Your audience that you now own because they've now become a product of your platform is still going to bring that $1.6 million to you without you having to pay Facebook and Instagram a commission. Now, if you are in the service business, you're a realtor, you are in the trucking business, um, you're in the marketing business, then I need you to go ahead and invest in a year of Canva and go ahead and build yourself courses and digital products. Why? It's going to take you three months to build out the course with great videography or just your iPhone or your Android phone. It's going to take you or you working with a VA to build out your product. And once it's built, you can sell that product, whether it is a course or your eBooks, whatever the case may be, in perpetuity. Now, beyond that, once you've built this, you can also license the content that you've created, especially if you have a registered business and you copyright the content that you've created. Because right now what happens is when you post on Instagram, Instagram owns the right to reuse your image, your content, and your dance recommendations, your reels in perpetuity. So even after you're buried and your grandkids are skipping through fields of daisies, Instagram is going to be making money off of you. Even if the platform Instagram doesn't exist, that imagery is available for them to repurpose for marketing uh, reasons. However, if you have gone ahead and created content, whether it is video content, audio content, or written content, and you go ahead and you copyright it, you can then license it. Keisha was in the chat earlier talking about Udemy. I could build a course in the next three weeks, have it on my app, have it on Udemy, have it on edX, and have it on every other learning platform. And now because I own the copyrights to that, I can demand a higher licensing commission from Udemy because they are basically asking for the right to disperse my intellectual property to continue to maintain their audience because the audience is the product. And you are now basically just fueling that product. So if you want to get into a space where you only have to build for less than a year and potentially be making money for 
forever, um, because the internet is forever, then that is an opportunity. Now, here is where the pivot happens. We're currently having a conversation about Web 2.0 transitioning to Web 3.0. If you are familiar with how the blockchain works, doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go ahead and tell people to invest in crypto. That's not what I'm telling you to do. I will never tell you to do that. But if you can educate people on the history of the blockchain, on how Web 3.0 will work, and you can build a course that creates tangible, um, trackable results for people who are looking to get into that marketplace. If you have minted an NFT and understand how to write a white paper and how to get an NFT created, minted, and profitable, and you build an ebook or a course, as the world transitions from the current version of the internet to the next version of the internet, and I'm letting you know because I've sat in meeting rooms with Meta, billions of dollars are being put into the metaverse. You are going to be the person who has the zone of genius that captures the most market share, not because you are building in the metaverse, but because you educated people about getting into the metaverse. So if you are on these platforms, Clubhouse, Green Room, Twitter Spaces, wherever the hell you are, having these conversations and speaking, if you are posting on TikTok, which by the way, just launched a creator program. So if you're getting high numbers on TikTok, you may want to slide into TikTok's DMs and ask them why they're not paying you because they have now monetized creators and you don't just have to wait for brand partnerships. But if you want to make the most out of digital platforms, then go ahead and ensure that you build an app, uh, go ahead and build a community like the Business Over uh, Breakfast Wealth Community. Also, have you subscribed? Are you a member? You're missing out on your blessings if you haven't. But go ahead and create your own community and house them on a platform that you own, that you control, so that you eliminate the middleman. Leverage platforms like social media as a lead funnel to get the people who care about the value that you deliver to sit in your living room and not in somebody else's hotel lobby. So this is you going from the Marriott to owning your own multi-unit Airbnbs, going back to the beginning of the room. License your genius. If you have written about it, blogged about it, posted about it. I just looked at a CNBC article that came out yesterday of a mother who left her job and is making $760,000 a year. And she started her business six months ago. $760,000 in less than a year. So getting to seven figures is not impossible. You currently own the most powerful tool to do that. You scroll on it, you play on it. I get paid to build the tools that keep you addicted to it. And you are not optimizing how you monetize the fact that you're present on these platforms. And I would close off by saying this, whatever you don't own, but you are engaged with, you are a product of. So so go from being a product to being an owner and a profitable producer. I'm done speaking. Ooh, thank you for sharing that. You dropped a whole lot of shit on that one. So make sure y'all owning some stuff, man. She said DM TikTok so you can get paid. I like that. You getting paid off a of TikTok queue? Probably so. All day, bro. All day. All right, let's hear from Mr. Ken, man. What's your seven-figure blueprint? I know you got a few of them. I think you was dropping some plays yesterday. What up, my Gs? You doing all right today? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's the seven-figure seven figure blueprint you can share with us, man? Oh, my God. Which one you want? I don't know, man. Give us give us the one you like the most. How about that? Oh, uh, 
the one that's been making me second to seven figures, I would say. I'm going to give y'all a couple of them, though. Like, give us a few, man. Give us a few. Help the folks out. I mean, there, man. honestly, we talked about it yesterday, and that was mortgages. I cannot lie to you. Like, finance is really where it's at. Ain't nobody, ain't no, there's not a lot of people like us in it. And a lot of us want to work with us in this field. And it's just a license that costs $1,200. Well, really, 800 It was 1200 because I got licensed in two states, right? And I created a system and I put in place to make sure that um, my clients are taken care of, my employees are taken care of. And literally for the past couple of years, I've been able to create a seven-figure income from doing financing. And literally, my overhead is little to none. I work from the house. I work from my laptop. I work from my phone. I work from the beach. So, <laughs> so what was the best way to build a seven-figure lending business? Like, do you network with realtors? Cause I know in the beginning you got to do a lot of footwork networking with a lot of people. So you can speak from that standpoint. Preach, this is what I preach from to my to my team all the time, man. You got to get out there and see the people, right? That's the only way. You got to get out there and network. I get out there and go to networking events, go to open houses, door knocking, realtor offices, making cold calls for realtors, showing up to their open houses. Uh, reaching out to investors, reaching out to people who are in real estate and offer a service that no one offers. The reason why I'm a broker versus a regular bank and nothing against it is the fact that I just, I'm able to do so many more deals or different type of deals. I have some different programs that other people don't have and we're able to create those things. And by promoting those things to realtors, to investors, to people around me, you know, it's 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 created this this business where I really don't even necessarily market ever. I don't pay for marketing as far as going as far as ads or thing like that. The only marketing I pay for is when I'm sponsoring events or things like that. Right? Um, that's that's really what it is. And I literally turned that that same type of business or the same type of concept as far as getting business into my title company, and we're creating. It will be a seven-figure business next year, right? We're, we're building out the, the infrastructure. We're working out our kinks that we have going on right now because we're still brand new. But the concept is the same, getting in front of people, networking, um, sponsoring events, uh, and and just offering, honestly, the best customer service ever. When you, when you take away the money from your business and focus on your client data, your clientele, your money will come. That's the best advice I can give you. You take away the fact that you're trying to make seven figures and focus on your clients, the, that seven figures will come if you all in on it. And I'm like, I've been all in on this shit for shit five, five, six years now. And I've honestly created, created this, I would say empire because I do have multiple sources of income. I have a mortgage company that, that brings me much. I flip properties and I don't do 15, 20 flips a, a year. I do maybe three or four, maybe and I create seven figures just from flipping luxury properties. Income, profit, not sales. I'm talking about what comes into my bank account. Seven figures just from flipping. Uh, title company to be that way. Now I'm getting into, thank you, thanks to Al, he threatened me. Al threatened me, he said, Ken, you can't buy no more jewelry until you buy your commercial property. And thanks to him, I'm starting to invest. Period. Period. <laughs> <laughs> and so now I have a commercial property. Like I said, I missed yesterday on purchasing. And then that just let, let a, a, a fucking gas line to me. So well, now I bought a $32 million uh, uh, commercial property in Florida with my business partner. I'm like, fuck it. Like, give me another one. He called me with another one in Montana and we buy 180. When I tell you 180 acres, we created to a ski resort and residential area. That's a whole town we created literally in Montana. 
And if I get anybody tell me about that one, we're gonna talk offline. So, so, so they got mountains about that one. So you bought a whole mountain or something? So basically, I'm a, basically, I, I I I can't post it yet, but when I post it, you guys are gonna see. Basically, we bought uh, an, an entire town. Basically, we're gonna convert it into a ski resort and residential. So we're developing the residential. We're gonna sell it off to to builders, and then we're gonna build commercial and keep the commercial. And so. You know, like Al put this gaslight on me, man, and, <laughs> and I like commercial development is just crazy, man. I I did uh, my best friend's, uh, he's buying a house and he sent me his, his uh, tax returns, and I was like, what the fuck? Like I'm doing the wrong thing, <laughs> right? He was like, I went the mortgage route, he went development route, and his wife is honestly my Florida loan officer, and she was my top loan officer in Florida, but she don't have to work no more. Because of her husband creating income and development. And I was like, I told him, I was like, bro, like, I'm finna come and work for you for free and focus on development. Like, that shit is fucking crazy and it's life changing. So, if you, I get, if any, I give anybody any advice right now, if you starting from the bottom and you can focus on anything and you have nothing to lose and you, and you need to focus on something, real estate development will change your life if you just get in it. And don't go trying to make money up front. Like, I told my best friend, I'm going to work for free. I just don't happen to have money where I can invest while I'm working. But if I can learn real estate development, commercial, res residential, whatever, and start from the bottom and go work for somebody, and honestly, the best advice you can give, you can, I can give you is adding value to people and working for them and, like, finding ways to create value for them and learn that game, it will change your life. Like, honestly, Every person I know that I hang around with that is extremely fucking rich are real estate developers, honestly, period. And banks, people who own banks, and I own one, or a mortgage company. So that's my seven-figure blueprint. Get out there, network, get in front of people, add value to people, work for fucking free, because you're really not working for free, you're working for your future. So and get out there and get it. I started from the bottom. I'm from Third Ward. I'm from the hood, honestly. And I just changed my mindset. You got that bag now. Bro, I just changed my mindset. Honestly, I just literally changed my, my, my mindset. And I said that I have to pay my bills. And now every one of my liabilities, people talk about, oh, King got all these cars. Yeah, every, yo, I do have a lot of cars. I do have a lot of houses. And guess what? I got? have something. I have different businesses that's paying for those different things. How many cars you got? Uh, just three, but all three, well, four, but all of them expensive as fuck. <laughs> Ken, like a whole rapper, man, a whole rapper. I know, right? Bet people be so, asking yeah. you that. Every, everywhere I go, everybody asks me that, especially when I'm flying. Like, I got my chains on, and they be like, hey, you a rapper? No, I'm not a rapper, but what's up? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, that's it. That's that's my seven-figure blueprint, man. Just go out there and get it. Change your mindset and grind. Find it out. Man, thank you for sharing, man. We definitely appreciate it. Right, see who we got, who we got, who we got. Mr. Anthony Glenn, what's your seven-figure blueprint that you can share with us today? Um, <clears throat> okay, a couple of things. Is that, uh, okay, can I be frank? Is that okay? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, don't nobody owe you shit. Amen to that That's one. A fact. That's a fact. Don't, don't nobody owe you a goddamn thing, okay? You, you your, my seven-figure blueprint is... Stop making excuses. Write down what you want to do. Write down the who, what, when, where, why, how. Figure out how, how much money every time you do it, what it's going to be. 
Here's an example. If I want to make a million dollars and my average commission is $10,000, I'm going to take a million dollars. I'm going to divide by uh, the 10,000. And then that's going to be what, what I, however many times I have to do whatever I have to do to get there. Okay. Success doesn't give a damn. If you're tired, they don't care if you get in an argument with your wife. It, it doesn't care if you have kids. It doesn't care if you're sick. Whatever you uh, are putting your information, putting your mind and your energy into, that's the, the result that you're going to have. Okay. It's just that simple. So, and I, I think it's mindset. Also, you know, I'm so sick of hearing the word mindset because everybody keeps saying it. But it, it mindset means nothing because you can have a million dollar mindset, right? And then be doing hundred, you know, thousand, a thousand dollar actions. So if you're doing actions, putting yourself and doing whatever it is that you got to do to get there, staying consistent. And here's another thing too, man. I think this is very, very important. You need to have integrity based business. Ooh, that's a big one. Okay, if you are out here just to make money, you know, that is. That is not how wealthy people get wealthy. You know, people will, you know, man, I'm telling you this, this conversation right here is big because I think that people, there's a lot of people on and off the app. And I know y'all hear it all the time telling people about how much stuff they have versus how many people they're helping. So I think that it's essential for people to understand how important it is to make sure that whatever you say that you're going to do that you do it. Here's an example. I just had two social media influencers here at my house last weekend. I flew them out. I heard them on Clubhouse. We got wheels up. Mark Days is one of them. He was here at my house last week. Julie, Julia, uh, Julian Bertano was here at my house last week. This dude was on the Oprah, on, um, Oprah show. We got out here. We went hiking. We did our thing. We made some connections. And guess what? They're now a reflection of my business. So I just I want to land a plane here, man. Listen, you do not deserve the success that O'Neill, Ashley, and everybody else has unless you're willing to sacrifice and do the same amount of work that they did to get to where they're at. It's just that simple. So, yeah, man, you, you called on me at the right time because, you know, <laughs> I think it's like I said before, look, I made one point two million dollars off Clubhouse from February to December. You, you know why? Because Ooh. I am who I say I am Ooh. and I do how, how, how much money you made? One point two million dollars. Right. You and Al, boy. Y'all sound alike. Y'all sound alike, boy. One point two. How how you made that? Okay. All right. I'm in real estate. I do I'm an investor. Okay. I am a, uh, uh, and I'm, I do, uh, I, I'm a buy and hold investor. I did not know how to, I did not know how to wholesale. I didn't know about any of this stuff until I heard you guys talking. So basically I look, I think I back channeled you, right? I heard information from O'Neill, different people. And then I did my research and then I found wholesalers and I bought property. That's the first step. So that's, that is, you know, I already know how to underwrite properties because I'm a, a real estate broker. I own a Remax and I own a mortgage company, Military Mortgage Group. Right. So I got on this app, provided value to people by teaching what I know, serving people first. OK, to learn the information. So here's an example. O'Neill, if you're a wholesaler, I hit you up. OK, 
and I got a bunch of people that want to invest, I'm going to send you investment people who want to invest. I'm going to send you some people. So Sean Ackerman was the first person that I bought my first property from on Clubhouse. And then I started buying property from, from wholesalers, but I sent them information first. So if I send you three or four people and you make $100,000, if I ask you about wholesaling, what do you think you're going to do? You're not going to cut off that train. You're not going to cut that money off. That's the first way. The second way, the second way is let's think about this. Okay. Who asked me if I, how I made a million dollars? Who was that? O'Neal? Yes, sir. That was me. Okay. O'Neal. So check this out. Okay. Maximize your followers on Clubhouse. It does not matter how many people that you are following you. It depends on how many people you can monetize from the followers. So getting people in, yeah, getting ratchet people in, you know, in ratchet rooms to follow you is not going to translate into dollars. Look, I'm focused. I have 18,000 followers on Clubhouse. Okay. I'm a VA loan. I teach about VA loans. I'm a master at doing that and I'm an investor. So if I got 18,000 followers, I multiply that times 5%, that's 900 people just getting 5% of my followers. Okay. If I send a referral out and I help someone get their VA loan or whatever popping, okay. And I get a referral from Florida or Georgia, I'm going to multiply that times 2,500, which is the average referral. That's $2.2 million just by getting 5% of my followers to buy in to whatever it is that I'm selling. So I would just tell you guys this from the app, you can make a lot of money by making connections and following up with what you want to do. And then, you know, make sure that you're intentional of whatever it is that you're trying to do. Don't just get a bunch of followers because you're in the ratchet rooms talking about black women and, and white men. And they want to look this, cool. And they ain't making no money. Slave. Get your bag up, man. And be intentional with doing it. I dropped the mic. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. I want to hear from the North Carolina people in the building. We got Simone, we got Joanna, we got Miss Andrew. What's going on, man? I like I like how you just call that out, North Carolina. I'm right, like, we all right here in the same market, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah my North Carolina <laughs> family, what's up? Literally, we're in the same market. Okay, same so, market. Uh, so I'll drop, I'll drop one real quick. I don't know if anybody talked about it already, but I'm having really good um, success uh, with Airbnb. Now, my Ooh, that was a hot topic is, for the early in the room, but we got, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. But go ahead with the Airbnb. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just drop that real quick. Um, so my, you sound my like you roller skating. What, what you doing? Uh, I got some walking the dog. And <laughs> okay. I do like to roller skate, though. Well, it sounds like you skating right now. <laughs> uh, so my model is, is pretty much one bedroom, one baths, okay? Uh, the reason why my model is one bedroom, one baths, I know a lot of people is always looking for the nice three, two, is because in wholesaling, when you're wholesaling real estate, you'll realize that there are certain properties that some people don't like to buy. Like there's just a general area of that don't like to buy so it might be title issue deals you know or it might be one bedrooms so when i got into you know when i got into dominating the competition you know that's what i call it um i started buying title issue deals and i started buying one bedrooms so with the title issue deals i um i found a I found a way to you know work attorney pretty clear the title up so that way i can buy it for cheap and make cash flow forever okay 
And then secondly, with the one bedroom, one bath, <laughs> how the fuck can I make a make money with one bedroom, one bath? And that's through putting furniture in them and targeting businesses who want to uh, who need to house their clients or guests. Um, you know, for two or three month stays. Okay. So typically, um, the traveling nurse, typically the contractor that's in town managing a project for a short amount of time. Um, you know, for instance, you know, they're working on a bridge right now. Um, they're working on a bridge right now. And, uh, this project manager just booked my, uh, my, uh, my short term rental on Freeman street in Winston Salem for a month. Cause he's just in town making sure, you know, that, uh, everything passes cold. So he's just like, I'm, I'm, he booked for 30 days, you know, uh, this is a one bedroom, one bath and he's paying like 2,400 bucks. Okay. I've also, I also catered to like some refugees with the North Carolina, uh, African coalition. Um, so essentially they help people get their citizenship from, you know, from Pakistan or, and from Ukraine. Um, I've had people from, um, um, the other spot that they came from uh they're always coming from they're always coming from out of the country and so i partner with these people with these different kind of businesses and they typically pay me 23 to 2500 dollars a month on a one bedroom so that's pretty good um, so yeah yeah so 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 if we can go back a little bit you're buying these units you're not renting you're not doing arbitrage right oh no 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 not doing not doing arbitrage i'm buying them so these are houses Uh, yeah these are these are houses so well, one of them is a four unit. So one of them is a four unit, and it has um, three. It has so one unit I didn't make into an Airbnb. Number one for parking, but number two so I could have like little computers and like a little laundry area downstairs, and then also a content room for your boy. Um, but the other three units at the four unit are um, are for short term rental, and then I have um, the. I have four other houses that I do that with um, currently. So you got six uh, units on Airbnb. Uh, so I have six active right now. I'm working on two more. I like it. I like yep. it. That's a nice strategy. Yep. I like that you, yep, it, you own the units. I like that. Yeah, that, that's the well. That's the that's the play for for the taxes. You know, on the uh, on the flip side of the game, because uh, a lot of what I do is uh is rehabs and wholesaling. So that uh, that helps with that. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Andrea, let us hear what you got. Some of my strategies were already spoken about, but I do want to tap more into the uh, contract side of the group home model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, See, I wanted to be a little selfish. I wanted to hear about the group homes because, like I said, (laughs) uh, just got these four units. I was talking to a girl about some group homes because she got one in that same city. So I I need to hear a little bit more. She has one where? In Greensboro? No, no, no. In Louisiana, small little city. Oh, in Louisiana. Louisiana. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying so to do the group homes city. thing because I was at the houses actually yesterday. Was cleaning them out, so that's all I was thinking about was 1,200 rooms, 1,200 rooms. So, you know, be a little yeah. selfish. You talk to me right now. You gonna be talking to me? Oh yeah. So no, that's just what I'm trying to um, put in place now is to get the government contracts for uh, one of the houses because right now I have contractors in one house, but I want to uh, branch into. Sorry, I'm walking. Um, I want to branch into the contractor side of things. So if you are in the building, if you can assist with um, contracts or getting in that lane, please DM me. I'm doing my research on that. But um, that's the way to, that's the way that I want to go with the veterans, uh, veteran housing and tapping into that side <clears throat> to kind of make sure that income is more consistent. Because with the group home, 
it is a revolving door. So you just want to make sure that you stay ahead of the game. And yeah, so that's my strategy. In addition to a lot of people been hitting me up off of Clubhouse from that day, just asking, you know, um, can I get more information about the group home, especially the mobile home part of it, because it is a low entry that you can just, you know, pick up a mobile home and start a um, shared living house that way. So I do plan on actually I'm working on something now for those people. I'm just going to be dropping free gems on that. So that way you guys can know how to kind of tap into that market. But um, I'm just moving with the, with the with the times right now. So for me, it's just about seeing what's needed and pivoting into that direction. Also taking advantage of the digital um, real estate. So, yeah. Gotcha. So let's break down the group home real quick. So once you buy a house, what's the first step? You front that shit, you market it on Facebook. I got a bed for rent for six hundred dollars a month. How that works? Yeah, um, you can utilize Facebook to kind of market, which is what I was doing. Um, also referrals because now that I'm heavily into real estate, a lot of people actually reach out. So that's a good way to actually do it as well. And you'll be surprised with how many people are looking for shared living space. So again, because rent right now is increasing. Um, if you can provide them with the safe, affordable space, include all utilities paid for, they're not going to find it anywhere else. So that's the good part or the beauty of it. And I actually had one opening that actually came up and I, um, renewed my, my listing for it. I had so many contractors and that's another thing because with the shared living you can have different types of people in these um in these houses so i have contractors that's coming in that's looking for you know places to stay so i actually house them so it's it's um it's it's really it's really good you just have to stay on top of it like i said i'm looking more into the guaranteed income model with everything but it's good to kind of start out with everything um, if you have that person and that's the other thing, if you have like a relationship with someone that's actually in real estate, if they are a private landlord, and I mentioned this before, like someone has, um, rented out a couple of his properties to people that wanted to start the group home model or the unlicensed or the licensed group home model in his facilities. So if you can come across people that are in real estate that has housing, then by all means, you know, reach out to them. Just let them know that you can be a benefit to them by providing them. Um, in most cases, you can't offer more than market income to them. It's going to be a steady stream of income. And then, you know, you just want to make it a win-win situation for both parties involved. But that's a good thing, too. So, O'Neill, with the property that you're looking at, you said it's a four unit? Nah, but um, five, five houses on the finance. Okay, so with the five houses on the finance, you want to set up a shared living house with one of them? Nah, four of them. Four of them. Yeah. Okay. I'd so yeah, that, then, um, you know, make six hundred a month for thirty days. I'd rather make six hundred per 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 bed. Right, it just makes sense. But yeah, um, like I said, you can furnish the house in free ways. There's an app that's called Freebie Alerts. Dot um, Freebie Alerts. You can actually plug into that. You can utilize Craigslist, Facebook, go to apartments on weekends, you know, just seeing what people have out there. And you'd be surprised. You can kind of, kind of get some good finds with those. Um, so the property that I did, I want to say almost everything except for like the beds and things like that were um, were free. So or, or little to no cost. So it's that very cost effective to kind of get in. 
No, you didn't buy it. You don't want no you know paper. I'm, I'm just trying to see where you at. You know, are you hiring yeah, these you folks? You want to make sure that you kind of, um, when you're going into these properties like this, you don't want to get out there and just kind of, you want to make it clean. You want to make it cute. Like I wanted to make mine comfortable. I didn't want it to be like a regular type boarding house. Are they on month to month? Oh, are they like, sound like a lease? They are on month to month. I don't do any leases. Um, the reason that I don't do any leases is that because if they do not pay, I don't have to go through the eviction process. I can just, you know, have them escorted out. Gotcha. No leases. We do an agreement so that way everybody understands what's actually going on. But other than that, um, no leases. I love it. I love it. Miss Joanna, you got something to share with us? I'm just hitting everybody in North Carolina real quick. I want to. Oh, uh, I'm I'm just now really getting into the group today, so I'm sure people have talked about rehabbing and rental properties, blah blah blah. Because you know, there's so many people that do that. I keep it pretty simple, and and that is nobody my really lane. touched on that, so you might as well touch what? on it. <laughs> what? No, I mean I I rehab, and um, my business has always been recession proof, so I don't buy any properties where the ARV is more than the medium home price. What's the medium so, home price um, right Because now? people, right, the home price per area. So that way, I'll always have people to buy my properties. So I'm not going out uh, buying a house that's going to be a million dollars because that's not what's called for in, in my areas, the areas where I, I renovate. Um, one thing that I'm really interested in, though, that has just been intriguing me is solar farms. So if anyone knows anything uh, about that, um, leasing out land for solar farms, I feel like that's probably a lucrative business. I don't have any experience in it, but I'm very intrigued by it. What would get you interested in, in the solar farms? Well, I mean, if you just got a bunch of land, because someone's just going to lease the land and put the farms on there, there's no, it's completely passive for you. I'm all about passive income. With and so um, I think contact, that. I have a contact. I'll send it say to that you. Again. A, I have a contact. Um, I can send it to you on Facebook. But she does the uh, the cell phone towers for like passive income. So. Oh, oh yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. What about Miss Edna? I see Miss Edna got solo solopreneur in her bio. Miss Edna, you here with us right now? Miss Edna, I think she's in Texas too. She may not be with us right now. Edna B star, I know. Yeah, Edna, beast. I think Edna in the, in the solar space. So Miss Joanna, you might want to connect with her. Perfect. She, Thank uh, you so much. She's on the stage right now next to uh, Miss BJ. Okay. May want to connect um, with her. Yeah, it seems very intriguing to me. I feel like more and more the world will go solar and, you know, try to reduce the carbon footprint, seeing that, you know, global warming appears to be very real now. But I also think it's a, a cheaper way to to do things. And if I can on the land and let somebody me. You must be in a bad area. You're breaking up. Man, I just did I just did the numbers on a million dollars on rental property. I don't know. Um I don't know why I've never done it before. I guess I've just always focused on my Let's talk goal, about but, it. Uh, what you talking about? Yeah. 
So, okay, so I typically go, I typically get $350 net on one of my long-term rentals. Is that, so is right that now, your minimum? Have, that's your minimum, $350? Yeah, yeah, that's my minimum. It's $350 uh, on a long-term hold, not not Airbnb, not renting to the, you know, to the group home companies, not not any of that. Um, so sometimes it's more than that, but that's, that's what I do my numbers on. So it would take you... Um, it would take you 238 doors to make a million dollars net cash flow. Um, a month dollars on, oh, yeah. on rental properties. Uh, well, that's a million dollars for the year. So that that, that really ain't bad. That's that's that's, that's really not bad, right? That's doable, right? That's what I said. That's what I said. You know, I got bro, I got 56 right now, so I'm like, okay, how can I get the other <laughs> other uh, what's that 150 that I need? That's easily do. So would anybody else like to share their, their seven-figure blueprint? It's popcorn style. Anybody can go ahead and speak. If y'all don't want to speak, I'm going to share I want to hear yours, O'Neal. Oh, okay. You want to hear the, fu- the future one or the one that I accomplished already? Which one you want to hear? Both of them. Both of them. So what you got going on? my first seven figures was I hit. I was 25, and I was focused on my uh, equity and equity in my property. So I was focused on... um. Buying houses, as many houses as I can, and focus on my net worth. So my first year in real estate, I got 400. Y'all can hear me? Yeah. Yeah, so my net worth went up to 473000 So, you know, because I was focused on buying discounted properties and buying as many as I can. So that was the first one. And then the second one business that I have was the roofing company. We hit seven figures in like seven, eight months. So I was, I was focused on need base. In our area, we had a lot of hurricanes that ca- that came, and with hurricanes come a lot of messed up roofs. So we started focusing on that. And now uh, another one that I want to do later, I want to get in the trash business. So I want to start. Um, everybody has trash, and you can't get away from it. So that's that's the next one I want to do. Probably next year or two, start doing uh get like contracts and stuff, and be like, you know, the person that pick up the trash at your at your doorstep or your, or your curb. That'd be the next thing. So you don't you don't have to have the pretty prettiest business to make a million dollars in it. So that's so my, the the first one you said that you were doing um buying rentals. The buying rentals. So the mm-hmm. equity. Of course. In in the houses. And and that's one thing that I talked about too. Um, a way of having that million dollars is having those property values. So you actually have that on paper. Um you know, to get a million dollar portfolio. So mm-hmm. I like that. So yeah, my main focus is I want to be purchase, rehab, everything at about 60, 65%. I don't care if I'm flipping, rehabbing, rental, whatever. So that way I, I know I got enough equity. And if I ever need to get rid of it, I can just get rid of it at any time. Um, so I focus on having multiple exit strategies on all the properties that I buy. Oh, Neil, you talking about the trash business, bro. Tell me why I'm about to buy two trash trucks. Hey man, what city you? That's Houston or Florida? Houston. Man, the trash business make a lot of money, man. I know. I, I know y'all I pass it up every day, but man, look, I ain't brought it up because I need to see that text coming in. But I've seen somebody else checks coming in, and I've seen it for a long time. I was like, all right, I need to get into that. Yeah, man. So I watched somebody build one. Uh, I don't know if y'all know him. His name is Sydney. He's from New Orleans. Um, he had like a show on CNBC, I think. Um, I forgot what it's called. Something about deed, but he built a trash business and his his trash all over. I don't know if anybody here from New Orleans, but he got like the um the Roman numeral, the white the white Roman numeral is like a V. It's it's all over the city. 
He didn't bought an island in Bahamas. I think to stay on his islands like maybe fifteen hundred a night, two thousand a night. So, you know, I've been watching him for a little minute. Senate, yeah, there you go, Senatorius. Yep, yep, yep. Is there? Go ahead. Somebody has something to say. Somebody mic hot. Yeah, who else would like to share? I want to hear from Amy. Amy G, what's what's going on? We got David. <laughs> I know Amy making that bag over there. I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. What's your seven figure um, blueprint? So right now, what I'm doing is scaling up my multidisciplinary design business, um, which I do. Um, web development, websites, um, graphic design, marketing and branding strategy, photography, and editing. And amongst other things, I have uh, two employees right now, one based in Brazil and one based um, in Jersey. And we all work together. Um, I'm trying to... Right now, um, my my packages like full package is five thousand. I do want to scale that up to ten thousand within the next four to five six months. Um, and then you know I have some money coming in that I want to invest. Um, that will give me um some residual income. Uh, I think I spoke to. Brian and Byron about this and I'm you know still hoping they reach out about that deal um because it's been the best deal I've had so far that has come across me um and that's what I'm doing to be honest I mean seven figure blueprint I'd say in two years I can most definitely get there with my strategies Think it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen for you. Appreciate you sharing. Absolutely, Milton. I'm trying to hear about this dog business, man. You you hear what is right now? Hey, I'll jump in if you want. Go ahead. You got it. Yeah, I wanted to hop in as well. Go ahead. Let's go. Let's go with Benny first, and then Alicia. Yeah. Well, first of all, good morning, POB uh, community. Um, it's interesting. I I would say about two years ago, uh, I didn't have a seven figure strategy. Um, I was just trying to get clients. And uh, one thing that I did over the past two years, especially uh, for, for many of you who don't know me, I'm in the coaching, speaking, and training space. And so there's there's three streams of revenue that come into me. One is as a speaker, um, two as a, doing corporate work, partnering, collaborating, getting my own contracts, um, and three, what I do in my programs and offers and, you know, communities that I develop. And so what I'm realizing is right now, um, the first two quarters were really, really amazing. Um, and then now these next two quarters, man, we, we have a strategy that I think could probably pull in 500 K, uh, in the next six months. Um, that's going to put me probably at, if, if things work out and we go hard, um, I, I heard somebody say the easier the easier things become, the harder you go in, right? Um, and because you know something's working and it's gotten it's it's operating in systems, and so what I'm doing this is I'm doing a five actually, and I'll be talking to the group about this. 
I'm doing a five-day challenge called Monetize Your Message, right? And what I'm realizing is that people don't understand. They understand what they want to say. They understand the power to communicate it, but they've not figured out multiple ways to monetize it. And I think when I when I hit this strategy and I figured out, um, and one thing I'm just I do often is I beta test something. I don't ever throw something out there that hasn't already been tested. That's just my own personal conviction. People think just throw it out there and see what happens. Sometimes I do, and I'll be honest with you, when I don't feel confident, it's obvious, right? So I tested this out and I realized, wow, here's how we're going to grow and scale. Um, this is not even to mention an inner circle community that we're going to be developing. So when I looked at the numbers on the lower end, right, because I think there's always a range that we look at our numbers and we say, well, if this happens, we execute this. This is what the market is saying. We use this strategy. We pull in this amount of people into our programs, offers and services. Um, then this is where we'll be at. And so, one, we're, we're layering multiple ways to monetize the message finding ways to present them in both workshops, trainings, coaching, mentoring. And everybody has, here. here's the thing, everybody already has this strategy. This is the crazy part, is that when I help people, I'm usually helping them on the stuff they already know. They just haven't figured out multiple ways to utilize it. And so what we're doing in the coaching training space is not, listen, I'm only one person, right? And me and my team, but we, I, there's only so much access you can get to one person. But if you have communities, inner circles, understanding how to how to position your coaching programs, moving from a one to one to a one to many, figuring out how to get corporate contracts, figuring out how to get on what I call spaces, places and faces and getting on stages and getting in front of the right audiences, you can absolutely scale your business to seven figures. Uh, like I like I said, two years ago, I didn't have this strategy. Now I do. I sit with my coach. My coach coaches me on my strategies. And it's it's exciting because I have a target, whereas before I was just kind of like the saying goes, if you aim for nothing, you'll always hit it. Right. So if you don't have a target, you're always going to hit nothing. But if you have a target and you know what you're aiming for and you work that strategy and this is where I think niching down, you, if, if you don't if you're not niche down, it's OK. I think you have to work on figuring out what are the sweet spots and what are the things that people will know you for that get you into having conversations where you can present what you do, why you do it, who you do it for. But looking at the strategy is one, how do you monetize? How do you collaborate? How do you begin to think? Because I'm going to tell you something, collaborating with the right people will give you a, a strategy and a play you weren't even thinking about. And I did that this year. I, I partnered with somebody in Las Vegas for the progression conference. We brought people, we're bringing people on stage who are co-authoring the book. And then next year, when I launch my summit that we're going to do here in South Florida, I'm going to run that same play. And, and I see how it plays into my programming and my offer. It literally took my offer from 1997 to 5997. Again, what does that do? That generates revenue. It, it, it's giving people more access, more accessibility. So I would just say, look at what you're currently offering and ask yourself, is this the premium? Is this the best of what I'm doing? How can I do this? If I did this for multiple people, what would that look like? What do they need access to? So I think it's also just reinventing what you're doing, not necessarily restarting what you're doing, because reinventing looks very different than restarting. Restarting is basically taking everything and then building it all over again. Reinventing is building from what you got. And so if you can figure out what have you worked towards now and redesign your strategies, you'll go ahead and you'll build a seven-figure strategy blueprint 
and then you work it and then you adjust and you refine it as you're developing it along the way. So that's the space I'm in. Hopefully that adds some value to the conversation. Definitely, definitely added some value, man. Benny, you know you always drop some, some gems, man. We appreciate it. Well, go ahead, Alicia. You got it. Okay, I only have a only have like a quick minute or so. Okay, um, so I'm in the pest control industry, um, extermination. Can y'all hear me? I'm getting up on. Yeah, you good. Okay, so um, I want to make it really simple, kind of specific, um, to show you how we action um, we're actioning out our blueprint. Basically, we um, we do pest control, obviously, but we are now more working in the commercial space are securing bigger contracts. So for example, we have a contract with um, a dispensary chain in the area called Restore. We've secured every single one of their locations um, and anything that they're going to be coming up with in the future. Um, we have 13 um, currently and there should be eight coming in the next 12 months. Um, so we know that the termite industry is $2 billion a year, $2 billion two billion dollars a year in termites so we we work heavily in the termite space for commercial companies so um, before we still have uh, residential customers of course we service everybody in the community but we're now targeting like i said the commercial area because we've gone from jobs that were ranged from 1500 to 3500 now we're securing jobs that are upwards of 10,000 to 25,000 that's the commercial contracts job. looking like ten to twenty five thousand for termites. That's, that's Absolutely. per year. And no, that's for one job. Oh that's shit! That's not per year. That's one job, one okay. termite job. Yeah, so um, that's why we're moving into that space because how we look at it is with the labor that it takes for some of these jobs, we're looking at sixteen hours a month. Five jobs a year would put us, you know. In, in a really good in a really good place, um, at twenty five to thirty thousand dollars per job. How long um, a job so take? That's like what two three days, or one day. About two three days on average, uh, with a two week, four week, six week follow up. Um, so about so two twenty days hours a week of for six, labor. For six weeks, two days a week for six weeks. Two days a week for six weeks. Twenty five. Yes. And typically, racks. yeah, twenty five to thirty thousand. But how job. much is the labor on that? What you, what you think? The labor cost. Um, um, I should have my husband on here. For that oh no, part. that's all good. Um, what you think about honest, two, two I grand? Be embarrassing. Um, maybe a little bit more than that, honestly. Okay, Just sound profitable because if there if there's um if there's drilling involved, um, it's a little bit more. It's two different types of termites, but I don't want to get like all into those specifics. Um, because that's just boring. But the other thing is also securing contracts with the city because um, Philadelphia has a rat infestation. Um, that came from the flooding that we had over the summer. Yeah, um, I seen them rats swimming all over the, the subway and stuff. Absolutely. So they've invaded some of the, you know, some of the um, the upper echelon, you know, the high society part of Philadelphia. So um, that's when they take action. Let's just be honest. Now, all of a sudden, it's a problem, and they've, you know, put together a budget for it, and we've, you know, we've been able to secure a part of the bid to be a part of the people that, um, one of the pest control companies that works um, with the city on all of the projects. So now that we've, we're going to be working in City Hall, again, we've, you know, that was our first six-figure contract that we actually secured, 
you know, so just keep, you know, I loved what Sawan said, when you work with like organizations um, and when you work in this, you work for the city around you, you could just secure contracts a lot faster. And then, you know, getting, we get testimonies from all of our customers, all of our customers, you know, that goes towards our, you know, our credit in the community. You know, we, we now come up in the next door app, people talk about us, you know, um, it, it's a blessing, you know, something that we never thought could happen. So we, we're, we're just out here, you know, <laughs> us, us little old folks, you know, um, getting our part of the American dream, doing what we can, um, because we, we understand the need of our community and we're just specifically working it. So I hope that helps somebody this morning. I'm done speaking. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing, ma'am. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Let's hear from um Milton, man. Milton and these dogs, man. It was a seven-figure blueprint with the, with the, with the puppies, man. Oh, well, you, you must be in the warehouse or something. You can, we can hear you now. Nah, man. I'm 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 actually doing morning push-ups, man. That's it, man. Listening in. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> man, it's crazy. Uh, it, it's really just a, it's it's a niche market, bro. It's not it's not rocket science. You know, what I mean, I don't I don't even try to make it sound hard, and I know I make it sound um <clears throat> pretty much like it's like it's nothing sometimes, but uh. I mean, in its simplest form, it's dogs, bro. You, 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 uh, the, the, the investment can be significant is one of the things with the dogs. Um, a lot of people think it's just going to pick up a dog, breeding a dog, um, and <clears throat> produce puppies and sell them. Of course, you have to do the hard part, right? The laborers part. Um, taking care of the dog, taking care of the dogs until they're adults. Ready hey, to Milton. breed. Milton, yeah. real quick, back that up real quick, because that's something that I learned from you about people just think, oh, let me go buy a dog and breed it. Um, you mind breaking down a little bit how all dogs aren't the same? Like people say, oh, I got a bully or I got a friend. Yeah, so <laughs> so like, all dogs levels to it. All dogs aren't created equal, right? Like um, there's specifics as far as DNA, uh, what colors you can create with the dogs. What, so you what, got to the you point know, you can the, make like whatever color dog you want, basically. Pretty much, bro. That's it's, crazy. It's, it's all really scientific. Like That's crazy. If, if I know the dog's DNA, I know what What's potential? What's potentially going to come out of that litter, uh, depending on what two dogs I bred. Um, <clears throat> so there's DNA, there's quality and structure. Um, Break down quality and structure because that was the that was the biggest aha moment for me because I thought like uh, the color is the color, black is black, brown is brown, merle is merle. Break down the structure. So, so is is just it's as simple as. I'll tell I'll tell people all the time, like you see dogs all the time, right? But when you see a nice dog, you pay attention to it. Even if you're not a breeder, even if you're just a normal person walking on the streets, if you see a nice dog, for whatever reason, it's gonna captivate you. It's gonna you it's gonna get your attention and you're gonna be like, that is a nice dog. I don't know why, because I'm not a breeder and I'm not, <laughs> I don't know how to break this down or you know make it make sense. But even the most ignorant person to the dog space knows a nice dog when they see one i guarantee guarantee you that right it's, it's it's just certain qualities that you look for uh for me those are um in in the breed that that i deal with of course which is bullies and frenchies right um it's head size it's it's mass it's uh <clears throat> you know just other little traits that are appealing right that that make dogs look good that makes a dog a dog like a something that's breedable right so 
Um, there, there is such thing as a pit quality dog, which are all the ones that are just like, I don't care what my dog really looks like. I just want a companion. And there's, there are people that are particular, like me. Even if I wasn't a breeder, I want a nice looking dog. I want my dog to look like a showstopper, right? That's just my preference. And most, and for most people, that's their preference. It's all about whether or not you want to pay the price for the better looking dogs, right? And every litter, dogs are like humans, is what I would tell any customer. Like, <laughs> I can't tell you exactly how that dog is going to turn out. But they always have indications from, you know, from the time they're puppies, you know, to young adults or whatever, to kind of say like, eh, this dog is just looking a little bit better than the rest of them. And, and you have to be able to take a look and just have an eye for for those things. Um, but it's, like I said, so it's, it's, a, it's a few things that go into the pricing. Uh, but what I try to do is I believe in going to the top of the market. It's, it's always less competition at the top, right? A lot less people want to pay for those dogs. Um, typically those are your better dogs and you sell them for more. The profit margins are a lot greater. Um, I sell dogs anywhere from five to around 50, 60,000. Uh, I never would have thought dogs really cost 50, 60,000, but when you're a breeder and you can sell to other breeders, that, that is a market that is like, tell me about the dog that you sold and they had a few minutes and resold. That shit blew my mind. So... I think we've probably talked about it a few times on here, but so I've had, I've had litters uh, where of course I try to produce the top notch dogs. Right. Um, I've had litters where I was just on the front end of the front end of it, where, um, you know, I'm producing the latest and greatest colors, the trying to produce the, the, you know, the best quality. So I've had a, a couple, a couple dogs <laughs> within the last year that I've sold within the last year and a half that I've sold, um, from me, when I was starting, I kind of, I was on the front end of it. So on the front end of most things, you'll sell something for a good price and you'll get good prices for it. But you never know what the market is going to do, whether it's going to go up or go down, right? In their case, lucky for them, it went up. But when I sold the dogs, of course, I made a pretty penny too. I, I sold the dogs for around 65000 cash, 50000 in cash and credits because I always get stud credits when I don't know exactly how a stud is going to turn out. If I'm if I'm going to sell it, I'm going to get some stud credits out of the deal too to where I can use that dog for free or sell some stud credits. Hey, Milt, have, I'm sorry, which... I, missed, I missed something. Uh, what's the stud credit? Stud, stud credit is what you buy when you want to breed a dog, right? So if you want to breed a dog, you have a female, you, ha- you need a stud. Most people are looking for a prime stud and, you know, stud a stud service from, from, a, from a prime stud can cost you anywhere from $1,000 to $10,000 thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars it just depends on the dog what, what's the stud like <laughs> a male a that's stud a strong is male. male yeah that's a strong got some male grits to deliver yeah what, one one thousand or ten thousand once or or per once. time because i've actually once. had like four people ask me to stud my dog and i don't know what the response right is. so that so it so it's once per breeding right so whenever you're breeding a dog typically you do two to three services within that window of, of when it's time to breed them. But it, you only pay once per time your dog comes in heat. It, it's not like for the lifetime of every time she comes in heat. So um, it, it depends on the dog you have. Right. Um, but yeah, so I sold these dogs. Uh, they're stud. Both of these dogs have made over half a million in stud fees. Their stud, their stud is probably like, you know, when they first came out, they were, of course they were the latest and greatest. Their stud fees were somewhere around six or seven grand each. Um, 
so I have both of those, both of those customers of mine have made over half a million in stud fees. And I literally just watched one of them resell one of the dogs that I sold him for that amount. And he's made that much money on. He just resold that dog for a couple hundred grand. Right. And somebody else is just taking it. They bought it and brought it to Florida. And that's a different part of the country. Right. His career is starting all over. <laughs> so somebody so, damn near made a million dollars off of one dog. Bro, you, dude, that's some expensive <laughs> semen, bro. Five hundred thousand. I mean, I wish mine cost that much shit. <laughs> I mean, when when I breed dogs, I'm buying stud services that cost the same, right? Because I, I want the best, right? I, I literally just bred another one of my dogs to a stud where I paid six k for the stud fee. But guess what? The potential on these pups, they come out how I want them to come out. Because again, I'm trying to be in the, on in the latest and greatest and and kind of stay at the forefront of it. You know, pups could easily go anywhere from. Yeah, to hundred grand uh, per pup, right? So um, it just depends on the. It, it's a lot of variables within this breed, just because of what I bred as far as what it can produce, and of course that was, that determines how much they cost. But yeah, it it can get up there, man. I mean, I have you know plenty of you know examples and people that I that I know easily are making you know a million dollars a year on on dogs, right? It when when you start getting to those kind of numbers, it just depends on how many dogs you want to have. You know, um, how much you want to deal with as far as being a dog breeder, right? Um, they have some people that have, you know, whole warehouses, <laughs> warehouses of, you know, breeding facilities. Uh, it, 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 it gets crazy. Like there's, you know, there's people, in, I deal with people in China and UK and, you know, people out there, they're really doing it on a mass level, right? They, they, they running big operations out there. And the U.S. is not so much, it's not like that, but people in the U.S. will pay for those dogs. So me personally, I ship dogs. What's up? In, in your opinion, I mean, this specific breed that you're dealing with, why is it so popular? It's supply and demand, man. People want what they want. Like people right now, I, you know, it, it is it is hyped up a whole lot more than, um, you know, it was when I first started. When I first started, it, it was popular, but it was only popular, you know, the people that had money. Dogs were going for anywhere from about 25 to 10K. 10k was kind of the top of the scale like people selling dogs for that much you know they were doing it now man you'll see you know individual dogs going anywhere from shit i mean on on the top end and, and when i say top end i'm saying anything 10 plus man because that's you know that's a lot for a dog 10k is a good price Martin. 10k is a good price Martin. 10k is a good price 10k is a good price yeah i mean you know it sounds <laughs> good right <laughs> it sounds good but uh you know, I th I think anything above that, this person has to be thinking about breeding. But I just sold a dog in April, I want to say, to a lady who was a past customer who lost her dog. Somebody stole it. And she came to my house. And we were kind of just talking about the dog she lost. And she wanted to see what I had. I showed her a few pups. And I was actually going to sell her another pup for around 10 grand because she's just a pet kind of person. And this lady literally, I she fell in love with a dog. I was like, you can't have that dog. That's a breeding dog. That dog right there is about 50K. And she was like... But I like this, and I'm like, but you don't need that. I'm literally telling her she don't need it. And it's my personal dog that I'm planning to keep. And she's like, well, what can we work out, blah, blah, blah. But end of the day, she wound up paying 45 k for a dog that she doesn't even plan to breed. Lord Jesus. You know, so <laughs> it, 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 get, it get a little crazy. That's an expensive pet, boy. 45 bands, what? Let me go give she, me some dogs so hey, I can breed she, she does not plan to breed this dog. She, If she breeds this dog, she's going to bring it back to me. I'm going to breed it. She's going to get a puppy, and I'm going to get 
All the rest of the puppy. Because <laughs> she ain't and, and this, breeder, is, right? this is what she wants to do because she's not interested in breeding. She just wants to know if I breed the dog and it has puppies that she can give a dog to her daughter or something like that is what she said. So man, it's it crazy. Like, yeah, okay. I don't have a problem with that, right? So so, so if you 100% focus on the dog business, you can literally make millions if you focus 100%. Ah, easy, easy, bro. Easy, easy. It's just about how much time and how much, you know, it's about time. You have to have the facilities for it. You have to have, you know, you, you, you have to have a team. Like, you know, again, I have, I know people that have facilities that have teams that literally are transporting their dogs to All go do breedings that are workers. transporting semen to the airport if it has to be same day. You got to ship semen FedEx when it's overnight. Like, it's a whole operation. Um, it's just about how much you want to take on. Of course, it's like any other business. You have to know the market and the state of the market. Like, right now, a lot more people are into breeding and into, you know, the breed, right? So, um, again, you got to create separation like in any other business. So, you might have to, uh, you might want to scale back on, on buying dogs because the economy, right? Like the economy affects everything. You don't know which way it's going to go. I'm not going to put a bunch of money in the dogs. If people might be, you know, another last limb and not able to pay for a dog. I don't want a bunch of dogs, right? Not a bunch of expensive dogs. Anyway, I'll just breed with what I have, produce what I have and just kind of watch the market. Just kind of, I'm kind of watching the dog market. Like I'm watching the real estate market. Right. Um, same concept. So you've been making a crazy amount of money with the dogs and you only been doing it part-time for years. Yeah. I mean, That's I'm, crazy. I'm, I'm gonna easily make six figures with dogs every year. I can guarantee probably I'm, I'm, I'm easily make six figures with dogs. Um, if I if I just breed to to create the um, you know, just just pets or just I mean everything I breed, I'm trying to make quality. But if I just breed to to sell dogs for five to ten k, I'm gonna easily make that much. It depends on how many dogs. My my ratio, like the perfect thing for me. I mean, just because I mean the way I breed, I may keep about two males and possibly four or five females, right? So, like, you just got to know, you know, the numbers on what you're selling, like, what's the potential sales. You got to calculate dogs actually not taking when you breed them. Uh, all of that is a piece of it. You got to calculate. Just in April, I had a I had a month where I, I dropped 14 puppies off to a whelper, and, I, and two only came back home because 12 of them passed, right? So, you got to, like any other business, bro, you have to really know what you're doing, have systems set up, calculate for the world, like, all of, the, all of that good stuff. Uh, so I got a couple questions, Milton, because, I mean, this is still, you know, I've been a- around you doing this for shit, like four years, just watching or whatever. And it's still a lot of stuff interesting. Like, I didn't even know the breed Frenchies, you know, I didn't know that they can't give birth naturally until I Googled it. You know, I didn't yeah, know that I they mean, had so, to so basically Frenchies, do, Frenchies do Yeah, Frenchies do not breed naturally. I mean, you can breed them naturally, but it's not healthy, right? Because if you got a prime stud... Frenchies and dogs have STDs and infections and stuff just like humans, right? So you want to protect your studs. So everything is artificially inseminated. Uh, you have to get the dogs, you have to get the females tested, uh, you know, sometimes five to ten times before they're ready to breed because you're looking for their levels to be in a particular place before you actually, uh, you know, inseminate. Um, you can, you d- either doing just a regular AI, just, you know, shooting the semen in there or you could do a surgical they can put it in there surgically or there's a, another thing is it's called a tci right where they go in with a little machine with a camera and they actually take it all the way to the tubes where uh and you know put the semen right there right to increase the chances as well so as like i said man it, it gets real scientific with the dogs a lot of it, it sounds simple but it's, it's not it's not as simple as it sounds, but it's cool man and it's uh it can be lucrative I got a question. I got a question for the room. I got a question for the room, man. How many people 
would be interested in a course from Milton on these dogs, man. I know he, I know he's not about to do it. Can we, can we just invest? Can we just be like a passive investor? I know, right? Man, you cannot be. Y'all PTR real quick. Y'all PTR. That's Kelly. You can't be a passive investor with me because in my eyes, a passive investor, I'm thinking like, if I'm going to do all the work, I might as well keep all the money, right? So some people, <laughs> some people I do know, um, you know, depending on what I, I've seen somebody buy a stud from, you know, a stud from, from a pup at 250K. So people like that, like when they're doing that, I, I know sometimes people team up and they, it may be two or three investors in it. It may just be in somebody's, somebody like me's hands who has, you know, somewhat of a following and, and has had a, and has had a prime stud and that can actually push the dog to produce, you know, the profits. But uh, so when, when you get into the high ranges and when you buying dogs for a couple hundred grand, 300 grand, yeah, you're going to patch up. You know what I mean? That's just making making it uh, a little bit more feasible for one dog because you still got to – it's an investment, right? It's not that Milton, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. You're breaking up. Run it back. As well as that dog still has to um, – Milton, run it back say? 30 seconds. You yeah, went out. They you went out. All you, that. you went out for a second. Yeah. Now, now so I said, you know, you, I mean, when people do stuff like that, of course they patch up sometimes, but uh, you know, because you still have you still have the risk of making like any other investments. You still have to hope this dog turns out to be, you know, a nice looking dog overall. So you can get the stud services. You still have to make sure it lives to be the age to get the stud services. And you wanna you want it to be in somebody's hands that you know, can actually push the dog in a way and market the dog in a way where uh, you, you make those stud services, right? So, um, again, it, it's a business. You have to, uh, you, it's, it's a calculated risk, but, you know. It, so I got it. one more question, Mill. So just to put, just to put like eyes on it, you know, so people could kind of, you know, kind of see it in real life. Like PTR, this, uh, this dog right here in my profile picture, um, I know that she about seven months. She's about seven months old. Um, how much would you sell this dog particular for and why? And how much do you anticipate so, making from this dog specifically? That that dog right there, man. So that is a chocolate and tan dog that carries blue and carries chocolate. And it also carries the fluffy gene. I don't know if people have been, you know, seeing fluffy Frenchies or whatever, but that dog can make fluffy Frenchies. So that dog right there was just a dog that Brian... Brian was at my house and he's always messing with dogs, right? And and I was simple, like <laughs> it's like, man, we can take it home for the while. I was like, yeah, take it. And he thought I was playing. I was like, nah, you can take it for real. That's take it <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, you know, is his pet is mine for breeding, uh, but she she probably would have sold for between ten to fifteen k because she carries the fluffy Jane, which is kind of one of the latest and greatest things in the Frenchie market, uh, and. Yeah, so when she has puppies, I'll probably be, you know, depending on what the the state of the market is at the time when she's ready to go. You know, I anticipate that out that you know my worst case scenario at that time potentially may be any selling puppies off of her from anywhere from seventy five hundred to fifteen thousand, depending on what she produces, right? So, um, and that's 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 worst case scenario. It just all depends on on what the market is looking like. I have because um, I'm all about diversification. Number one, do you offer mentorship? If somebody was interested in getting into the breeding business, do you offer paid mentorship? Let me be very specific, where somebody is investing in having access to you, coaching them to avoid any of the potential tripwires to becoming a successful breeder. 
Um, so I have I can't say that I have a mentorship put together, right? But it's it's an idea that I've been playing with. It, you know what's funny is Brian and the fellas, they've been on me about this for so long. And you know what's crazy is that they're like, man, nobody's doing this. And now I see a couple people doing it, right? And I'll be like, damn, <laughs> why didn't I do it? So I do not have, you know, everything put together right now as far as, you know, that piece of it. Um, would I do it? Probably so. I mean, typically, you know, um, when, when people buy dogs from me, if they buying high-end dogs and stuff like that, right, then if you buying a dog from me for, you know, for 25000 plus, then, yeah, I'm going to give you some guidance, right? Like, that kind of, it's kind of like a, a paid mentorship in a way. Um, but so the answer is no, I don't have that together right now, but but it's, it's I, I will So probably. not yet. Okay, so when does yeah. your email list for people who are interested in getting into the dog breeding business go live? Message me, man. Me. Message me, message me, message me, message me. Okay. Uh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Milton, 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 you can make a billion dollars right here on stage right now, bro. There At this go. moment. There I, I we go. I, I don't, I don't Easy doubt way. it. I don't, he probably I don't ain't interested, it. though. Man, stop that. Man. <laughs> he got okay, too much money with no question. overhead. Wait, 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 wait. Still got more questions. Uh, Milton, do you consult for organizations that breed dogs? Man, Milton probably like, man, I appreciate y'all, but I don't fuck with all this shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so there's a reason why I'm... But am I entertaining Yes. Okay, so the Go reason ahead. why I'm asking these questions is because I recently consulted for a breeder who's located in Montreal, in Canada. Right. Um, and he specifically recognized that the amount of time, energy, and resources he was investing into breeding whilst it was lucrative wasn't really getting him the money that he deserved for what he was putting into what he was doing and what right. his knowledge base was. So he basically wanted to find a way to diversify what he already did, which I believe Benny spoke to. It's not about rebuilding. It's just about redirecting your zone of genius. Mm -hmm. um, and so he had pivoted. So he now has three income channels for the same dog breeding business. So his uh, center pillar is breeding like uh, Milton does. Um, and he owns a farm, so he got land, he got space. Um, mm -hmm. Then one of his... Um, one of his other pillars is uh, breeding specifically for the military, law enforcement, and medical field. The reason why is uh, he has a daughter who was diagnosed with a mood disorder. It was recommended that she get a therapy dog. He ended up breeding a dog and training the dog and then going to the hospital that worked with his daughter to get this dog certified. And the doctor there advised him that they pay $75,000 a dog for this. And there is a shortage of trained therapy dogs. Right. So he so, then said, oh, bet, how do I get a contract? And what kind of dog breed are you looking for? So he specifically charges a premium for law enforcement, medical and military sectors to breed dogs that have a specific genetic profile and behavioral profile, because a lot of dogs that go into military or law enforcement um, training programs actually fail because they're not vetted. So he now has like an entire vetting consultancy that just sits in that space. His other pillar that he introduced is people kept on asking him, how the hell did he afford to buy a 200 acre farm in Canada where real estate is disrespectful um, from his dog breeding? And so initially he was having conversations similar to Clubhouse, talking to his friends, talking to previous clients. And then he was like, hold on, time is non-refundable. Y'all need to run me a check. So he started a Facebook group initially and basically built out like a like a workbook for people going into the breeding um, process 
based on Canadian requirements because Yoni uh, works with Canadian clients and the Canadian government. Um, and his community of people getting into the dog breeding business alone, just by itself, cleared seven figures last year. So that's why I'm asking you these questions because mm -hmm. I'm hearing you sit here and talk and I'm like, Milton, people are running seven figure checks just for you to have these conversations. You don't even need to breed the dog. Your genius <laughs> is already monetizable. So I just right. wanted to throw that out there. I'm done. Hey, Mil, yeah, might, know, I know you so humble might, with it. Might, I got one last question. To, uh, you might need to message me. And, and, uh, we might need to talk about that a little bit more. Message me right now. But what did you say, Brian? Brian? I said, I know you so humble with it, but one last question, man, just for the audience to put Pippa's perspective. Uh, PTR real quick, and look at my profile. I switched it out. Um, I got a question about that, Rico, this, too. This, this the man right here. This one dog. <laughs> Cause I know he 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 taking the dog sales. He the man. How much have you made from this one dog? Man, I I don't even Rushes. I can't even put a number on it right now, bro. <laughs> that dog right there is what put me in the I would say the top tier and like made made me who I am in the dog business. Right, he was a premium stud in his time. He was the latest and greatest. I paid about. 25k for him, you know. How much somebody offered you to buy it? About buy six Rico fight. How much somebody? Man, he's not. He's never been for sale. Anybody ever said anything about buying? What's him? the highest I, number I you got though? Manatees. I know you got some high offers. When he when he was when he was pumping, and because the market was different, somebody offered me about 60k for him. But I was like, nah, there's no way. Because I mean, with him, again, when I first started, uh, man, his stud service was like 3k, right? It was and and I'm doing like two to three stud services a week at the time. So it was just like, yeah, nah, you can't make that make sense for me, right? You were shipping uh, out semen all over. So, yeah, had, so he, he had to guesstimate how much you think you made just from Rico. Just from Rico, uh, man, I, I've easily made over half a million, Rico. When, it, when I mean, probably more than that. If you if you calculate all the litters he's had for me, all of the stud services he's, he's had for me, um, easily, you know, over half a million dollars with that one dog for sure. Again, he's... He was at a different time. Right now, dogs and, and stud services and stuff cost more because of the hype. But at that time, every you know stuff was a little bit cheaper. Uh, so I, I give. I wonder over. how much he's made overall, not just you, because I just yeah, about yeah, all nah, the stud man, services. He, yeah, he's, he's produced. He's produced over a million dollars in dogs easily. Easily, he, he the Nick Cannon out here. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Populating the world. Yeah, he he, he was pumped man for. For for a good while, so he retired. He, he definitely. Now nah, he ain't retired. He he live a good life. He living a re, a reserved life these days. Like I don't pump him for stuff, service and stuff like that. People still people that know me know him. You know, every once in a while I just get a random message like, "Hey, are you still breeding?" And I will say yes, and I'll ship some semen out for a couple grand and keep it moving. You know, so uh, so he wanted dogs yeah. to walk around the crib inside the house. This yeah, your he, this your Rico, Rico do whatever he want to do, man. That's <laughs> that's the only dog I tell everybody. That's my that's that is pet right there like he can do whatever he want to do I, if you don't like rico you might well just leave out of my house about little my house like, whatever <laughs> you gotta put he, some respect on rico man is that, respect on rico is that your oldest yeah. son dog that's his dog yeah yeah so that's the dog that started you that started off yep okay damn you paid he, 20. Made, he made it real for me man and, and and it was it was as simple as like i bought i bought one before i had him right and then i got into it because at the time when I bought my first one, I was like, man, there's no way I'm paying 3K for it. Like, it's too much. No, no, no. But I wanted, I could not forget, like, I just like these dogs. Like, they were cool. I like to build on them. I bought I bought one and I kept looking. I was like, man, this shit is real. And then I saw, and then one night, man, it was just random. I'm up 
late at night and I had been looking at dogs. So you know how that goes. It started popping up on your phone, right? And I'm on Facebook and and I was in one of these little groups, man. And I it just I, I was like half sleep, man. And the dude posted him and I was like, hey, how much is that dog? And he told me and I was like, fuck. And I just messaged back like, yeah, I want him. I'll message you in the morning. I'm, I'm going to get him. And like once I got him and, you know, the visual was, I mean, him in person was just as good as him online. Uh, man, I just, I, I was interested, right? So at that time, I, I was, I went to a couple little dog shows, and the first couple of dog shows I took him to, the reaction from people that were like, these are seasoned breeders. I'm nobody in the breeding world. I'm just walking around with my dog in a backpack, kind of just checking stuff out, and people are just going crazy, like, man, when is he? When you gonna start stud service? And I'm like, well, yeah, kind of like. So I started looking into it, and I was like, okay. I'm on to something then. So, you know, by the time he was literally a little bit shy of eight months, he was producing semen because I took him to go get tested, right? And, you know, got the semen tested to make sure he was active and stuff like that. He was, he'd been working ever since about eight months. Uh, and, it, I mean, from there, from there, I, I ended up spending probably about another 75, 80,000 just buying other dogs, right? Because I'm like, all right, I have a stud. I really have a stud now. Like, it was, I, I understood what I had. And I'm like, okay, I need some females, right? Like, can't just have a stud with no females. So, you know, and, and at the time, you know, people around me probably thought I was crazy. Like, what are you buying all these damn dogs for? I, I literally knew, like, you know, some people that, that didn't understand. Like, why are you buying all these dogs? Why are you buying them for so much? You know what I mean? It just was a, uh, they, they just couldn't wrap their mind around it. Like, if I told somebody that was close to me or something, I'm like, if I told Brian, he'd probably like, what? Like, what you talking about, bro? Like, <laughs> you know, and then, but over Until, time. I remember, I remember one time I was in Houston. I always tell this story. I was in Houston, and I was about to go back to uh, Beaumont to check on some properties. And he was like, hey, bro, you, you already left Houston? I said, nah. He said, man, you mind picking up something from me in Mo City? And I said, yeah. Big At the bang. time, I was in Fresno before I moved to Pearland. And I said, uh, I got you. And uh, I said, man, send me the Addy. Um, I'm about to leave right now. That's like 15 minutes from me. He dropped the address probably like, I don't know, like 18 minutes. I pulled up. Um, I think it was a white guy outside. And he was like, hey, man. Uh, he's like, what's up? I said, man, I'm picking up something from Milton. The dude gave me a shoebox. <laughs> you had and to peek inside I, real quick, huh? So I put it I put <laughs> it on the driver's side on the floor, right? Because I'm driving solo. So I'm on I-10. And I was just curious. I peeked in the... So I'm driving... <laughs> I, I peeked in the box, like, what he got me picking up? Man, whole shoebox full of cash. I'm like, bro, this fucking give me fuck <laughs> I like, I like, I'm transporting drug money, man. Man, no, nah, man. Nah, but I was, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful business. I, um, I'm, you know, I'm not in the business, but I definitely, you know, I, you appreciate I'm the business. I appreciate the quality of the dogs, man, because you see some of these dogs, and like he said, you know, even if you're ignorant to the business, some of these dogs are really make you just kind of like mesmerized. Like, wow, I never seen yeah. nothing like that. We're talking about some exotic stuff. If you got so. kids, don't bring them around the dogs, man. I went to Milton's son party. My my daughter couldn't stay away from the dogs, man. <laughs> hey, that's always gonna get you, man. If you bring kids around, you done for for sure. I, I wind up keeping more than I should sometimes when my when my when mine get attached to one. But nah, man, for sure. Damn. Well, that went a little longer than expected, but it was definitely appreciated. <laughs> Wait, O'Neal, I have a question. What you got? It's Amy G here. Um, remember when you guys used to do like those competitions, like who has the best idea of how to make six figures or whatever? Um, and then you know people would vote by raising their hands. 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We do like six. Why haven't y'all done? How? Why haven't y'all done that? That was so fun. Might need to do that soon. Might man. have to I bring like it back. Yeah. Milton, yeah, Milton, yeah, Milton can't good. participate was... though. He's gonna win. That's old, that's OJ days. We need to bring it back. Yeah, that was good. The game show. We're gonna. Hey, man, I think we're gonna do that next week, man. What yeah. y'all think? Yes, like please. That. We gotta have a nice stage though. We gotta have some people participate. I think you should do it in the community. Because folks ain't sharing the room. That's Ooh, just me. Just like they ain't sharing the room either. I, I appreciate you, Miss Super. I do what I can for the culture. I love it. I love it. But before we go, I know we, a lot of us got meetings at 9 o'clock. Diddy, what you got? He been, he been man, quiet all first, day. I hear that cat in the back, man. You in the car? Nah, man. The Hellcat, man. I'm supposed to get yeah, out of the shop today, man. My phone started rumbling when he yeah. hit the gas. Oh, man. That, that cat started shaking. It should be done today, man. No, nah, man, I want to, uh, you know, definitely shout out Milk, man. I want to give a big shout out to Byron, man. He just hit 50K followers, man. Just want to show him some love. Uh, dude. Oh, shit. I didn't even know, man. Congrats, congrats. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Oh, on the app. 50K. Yeah. Congrats, man. Hey, if nobody deserves it, you deserve it, man. One of the most consistent people on the app, man. You one deserve the, every follower. One of the best moderators on this month. Easy. That's easy, man. Definitely shout out to Byron for sure. Hey, man, Brian, what you think about that live yesterday, man, with my, my guy Herman Dolce, man? That was crazy. Man, I'm just excited for Cancun um, because, man, we're going to have some real go-givers there. And, uh, man, his story, uh, the people he's impacted, I think it was major. And, man, I think it's levels to it's levels to the credit world. You know, <clears throat> like I said, I never really used much of credit, but, man, I, I'm just excited. And he's going to teach you guys with, a, a, you know, with a five minute old LLC, you know, how to access, you know, six figures, you know, if you had the, the LLC for a while, how to access a quarter million dollars per LLC. So it's, it's crazy. And he said, you know, you're going to be giving game in the sessions, but the, the crazy game is going to be, you know, at the bar on the beach side on the, on, you know, walking, buy that man some drinks, he said. Sand, you know, said, buy him some drinks. Well, you know, it's all inclusive on the drinks, man. We're going to be drinks, food, all inclusive. Go buy that man a bottle, man. Spill the beans. Yeah, we five-star everything. A vacation, the level up your life, man. This is going to be it's going to be a time, man. The connections you you make, uh, man, can change your life forever. So I'm excited. What would you think about the live, Diddy? Yeah, it was crazy, man. You know, I got, you know, you know, quite a few, you know, LLCs, man, that I'm definitely looking to get you know, to up that business credit on for sure. And the way he was talking yesterday, cause I told him straight up, like, you know, you know, we're going to have a good time, you know, we're going to be out of, you know, out the country. So that's a given, but, uh, you know, for the people that's coming, man, we just want to make sure that we, you know, help everybody 10 times their investment. You know, that's what we really focus on, uh, whether it's with the business credit, whether it's with the real estate, um, you know, whether it's just learning where to place your money at, uh, we're going to talk a lot about that and just recession proof strategies in, in total. You know what I mean? So if anybody's looking to come join us, uh, just know you're going to leave with all different type of blueprints and you will not only 10x your investment, but you're going to add another six figures at least, you know, to your bank account and uh, also with the credit as well. So, hey, hit the link at the top. We're looking forward to everybody coming. And uh, listen, you ready to change your life, man? Just get with us, man. We ready. Hey, bro. Hey, people asking me, you know, for my opinion on Herman G. So I just want to tell y'all, hey, that nigga a credit guy, bro. I'm telling y'all, Herman is a credit god. I don't, I don't even listen to many people, but he is one of the few that 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 I follow when it comes to the credit space. G. That 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 nigga know what he's talking about. He speak from experience. He a credit god. 
One thing we all know, Los ain't gonna tell y'all no bulls. Los don't be capped. Yeah, no. He ain't telling y'all no bulls. <laughs> I slept for sure. <laughs> Don't Bang. start Los this morning, please. Hey, you started this morning. <laughs> hey. Don't do it. Don't bring man, it shout back. Shout out to Porsche in the building, man. What's going on, Porsche? You you in the B.O.B. early, man, getting some of these seven-figure blueprints, man. What's going on? Hey, man. Hey, what's going on, my friend? We've been, yeah. we been on here three hours, man. We ain't been on here yeah, three hours in a minute. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we appreciate everybody in the building. We appreciate everybody in the building. Man, man, tell, tell, the tell building. us how y'all felt about today in the chat. Yeah, man, let us know if y'all got some value today, man. I enjoyed myself. I hope y'all did as well. I hope y'all got as much as value as I did. Andrea got a special place in my heart with that with that value. She she be dropping. Hey, special place. Yeah, special place. If I can make twelve hundred <laughs> per room on, on a house, that's different, man. That's different. Hey Byron, special real quick. Place. What's that? Hey, we got our guy Malachi. He will be in the wealth community tomorrow. Oh, my guy Malachi, build the rent. We talk a lot about that build the rent. Hey, we talked about it this morning, so I'm excited to hey, even hear what he's gonna come with. You I'm, know, what I mean? I'm tired of hearing Byron talk about it. I'm ready to tune in to it, man. Hey, hey. Hey. I gotta have my pen and pad though, tomorrow, man. It's not it's good shot. It's good shot. You know, what I mean? you know, it ain't it ain't the pistol shot. It's more like the you know a it's good, the good shot. shot. It's gonna help yeah, you out. Yeah, yeah, like a booster. Booster. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Got a booster. Yeah, you know. Oh dude, that man said booster shot. I can't. <laughs> Brian, what did we decide to do about August? Is, is it going down in August? Yeah, Brian, what's your, what's your expectations, man? You what didn't we brought doing? it up. What, what we gonna, do? I mean, are y'all welcoming? Are y'all welcoming me to your city? What's going on in August? Let me know. August kind of We're going to do something big. I, I need to take. I need to talk to our starting point guard. Maron Jane. Maron, where you at? I seen you. I seen you get in the. Yeah, Maron Jane. Maron. Maron, what are y'all planning for my arrival in August? Maron, putting it on you. Ooh, it's on you. Uh, Don't put my girl in the hot seat. All right, Maron, get busy. Get busy. I'm arriving August the third until August the eighth. (laughs) Maron, you are put on notice. Right now, in this moment. <laughs> got, it. got it, got it. Yeah. Get well, it together. And we got to let the people know, Maron, where they can tap into when I get there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, I'll make sure you run James in the building. Make sure y'all show Maron some yeah. love, man. Without Maron, yeah. a, lot, a lot of things couldn't be done that we do. That is Maron a fact. about to plan our event. Let's go, Maron. So make sure y'all oh, click God. the link at the top. Subscribe to the podcast. Join the what community, man. We didn't been here three hours, man. We got to get out of here. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Man, we got meetings and everything. We got like, meetings. Like, go we got meetings. We late for. I'm late. I'm, I'm late for my damn <laughs> meet, man. Y'all. Yeah, I'm all at y'all. I got a place to be looking at me crazy. Shots and- <laughs> <laughs> Rico, Rico came and took over. All right, y'all. We're about to call it a day. Thank y'all so much for tapping into the B.O.B. every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow for the last room of the week. Make sure you pull up. It's going to be a good one. Is it Throwback Thursday tomorrow with you, O'Neal? You doing two rooms this week? Hey, Byron going tomorrow. I'm going to have to do the music, though. You know what I'm saying? We're going to see. <laughs> Bye y'all. and they for sale. How they cap shit didn't do well. I know I'm good. I'm like, oh well. I'm a real hustler, recession proof.
I know how to make the paper, then stack it too. Stack it up. I'm a real hustle, I know what to do. I'ma flip the paper, I'm recession proof. I'm a real hustle, like 30 up. I'm a street nigga, before we popping out, we back reeing up. I'm a real hustle, I take rich nigga. I'm a street nigga, I ain't going broke for no bitch nigga. Comes caught with a team, bag her, youngster her, what dug it? No more shows this year. So we going with a plug at. Hit me or hit block. Got paper, throw it in the pot. Got good prices on the trees and extra numbers on the blocks. I spent the house for a watch. And I can do this shit again. To get money and you broke. That nigga probably ain't your friend. Being greedy, that's a sin. Bosses gotta feed they men. Real leaders gotta lead the way. All the way to the end. Negotiation with the label. No cap, 50 mil on the table. They know money can't persuade them. The deal just not an eye fake. Right, y'all, we out. We're grinding up the long way. Before we do that shit the 